Hello, this is Adam Bibolo, and thanks for checking out the latest episode of the AE Podcast. Coming all the way from the Manchester Evening News Arena, it's Rebellion 2001. Just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that on the 15th of September, we are going to be in London at the King's Place Theatre. We're going to be taking part for the second year in the London Podcast Festival. This is our second ever live show, and we're going to be looking at all the times that wrestling crossed into the mainstream media in the 90s and 2000s. We're talking about moments like the WWF stars and the Alliance stars going on the weakest link together, all the times that wrestlers appeared on Celebrity Deathmatch, and did you know that Team Extreme, aka Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Amy Dumar, aka Leo, were on Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. Also on the same day, Kevin Mahan is going to be doing double duty because on the How To Wrestling live show, him and Joe are going to be taking a look at the greatest couples both in storylines and in real life in the world of wrestling. Book to see three or more shows at the festival, you can get 15% off and there is a lot of big podcasts there this time. We've got Schmanners, Query with Cameron Esposito, Super Ego, Spontanean Nation, Hello from the Magic Tavern, Book Shambles with Robin Ince and Josie Long. There is a huge lineup and you will be spoiled for choice if you like podcasts. And if you still haven't got enough AE Podcast in your life, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast, where we have just dropped a brand new Smackdown crawl. There's nearly 40 available now if you're a $5 backer. But for now, we're going to go back in time to 2001. It's the home turf for me and Kevin in the Manchester Evening News Arena. It's Rebellion 2001. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Bono UKO Returno Special Invasion Edition. We're here at Rebellion 2001, and uh, I'm Cowboy Kevin, joined alongside Adam. Hello. Hello. Are you ready for some fucking appropriated hometown shenanigans? Yeah, baby, home turf. Are you ready for some more mayhem in Manchester? Don't put it like that. Because I don't want to watch Mayhem in Manchester again. Apropos of nothing, that is probably the most appropriate secondary title we can give Rebellion 2001. Not to give it away straight away, but (laughs) not not a hot show, Kevin. Uh, This is a fucking great... I've lived in Manchester for a few years now. It's a fucking great city. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. Don't even get me started about the footy, mate. (laughs) All right, I've been to the football museum. I've seen George Best's car. No, not the one he had when he was a star. The one he had in 1989. The one that he wasn't allowed to drive anymore. I've I've eaten all the footballs, okay? One minute and five into the recording. My blood bleeds red or blue, depending on whoever it is I'm pretending I know what football is. We've had a lot of fun with these UK shows. Yep. I'm going to ask you right now before we get into this, what is the special sauce that makes the fact that when we saw there was a rebellion coming up that you and I were like, like a little treat for ourselves? Because it's like when Marvel Comics would do like a what if comic or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, this is just going to be a wacky one. None of it counts, but just read it for the fun. (laughs) There's one of those I actually read recently. And it was like, and what if in Batman... That the Joker was Alfred (laughs) (laughs) And there's literally a bit where Alfred is in the Batcave and it's like, I used to be an actor. And it's like, all it took was a little makeup. For fuck's sake. A couple of silly faces. And before you knew it, I'd given Master Bruce purpose in life. (laughs) 
I was like, oh, of course. Except all those times the Joker kidnapped Alfred. <laughs> of course, we all remember from the 60s Batman show when Alfred was kidnapped by the Joker. It was a traumatic experience where he subjected him to all manner of tricks and japes. He was the first man to be traumatized by actual tricks. You really don't want to talk about rebellion, do you? <laughs> no, I kind of football Batman. It's got Batman's coming home, baby. I mean, I do remember though. Like speaking about this being so beautiful, like I do remember when we were looking at our lineup for the next few months, a few months ago. I do believe the phrase, and then we'll do the XWF. But don't worry, rebellion mm-hmm. will be not long after. As a nice treat. This was genuinely like we've been looking forward to this for a long time. As Oh, this would be a nice, easy, fun little thing for us to look forward to one day. Yeah, this would be kind of a nice, you know, one in our PJs and everyone will be chilled and relaxed. Here we are, fully dressed and upset. Yeah, just annoyed. <laughs> it's Rebellion 2001. There can be only one World Wrestling Federation champion. The two biggest stars in all of sports entertainment go to the ring right now one on one face to face man to man you know damn well you can't beat the rock I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin I am the World Wrestling Federation champion what the rock about to come face to face with Stone Cold Austin if you got the guts if you got the balls to meet the rock for the WWF title what I said shut up stay out of the rocks way Austin versus The Rock! This has got Slobberknocker written all over it! Yeah, rebellion, rebellion, you guys are the best. <laughs> rebellion. <laughs> I like that they're reusing the theme. Yeah. Call it laziness of use of assets. Oh, uh, no, I, it's, it is what it is. It's associated strongly with rebellion. This to rebellion is what... Is to WrestleMania. Like. And, of course, that means that if we're looking at analogies, Linda McMahon is a recently ousted from Straight Edge Society, Luke Gallows, who did appropriate... <laughs> really? Yeah, Luke Gallows had this. For the one or two weeks after he broke from the Straight Edge Society, he we came out to... Boom. Luke Gallows Be my Valentine Will you be my Luke Gallows And I remember as well What was great about it It was like He did go to CM Punk And he's like I don't want to be with you anymore And guess what Tonight after I whoop your ass I'm gonna go get a beer There can be only one What? I am the Highlander. What? <laughs> I don't die, son. <laughs> you do not start British Isles-based pay-per-views with the phrase, there can be only one. Yeah, legit. You know, they, they literally thought here, oh, no, we're not going to go with the, uh, oh, welcome to England. No. They went with, oh, we'll go mystical. We'll go with the Highlander. Welcome to Scotland, here in the Manchester Evening News Oh, you don't want to be saying that around here, mate. No, you don't, mate. You'd hate that. Highlander fans. <laughs> Scum of the earth they are. <laughs> They'd fight you if they got half a chance. So, this was a very, very interesting intro promo package for this. Mm. I'm in three or four minds about this. One, Rockin' Austin is very much the kind of the chocolate sundae of professional wrestling. No one's going to object to that. No. We all love it. It's a we, classic. We have fond memories of having them. 
This was very strange though, the fact that they managed to build this entire package as if these two had been actively feuding and it was pieced together from all old bits and bobs. Yep. It was like one of those, you know, FMVs you used to see on uh, YouTube where it's like, you know, they make out like John Cena and Eve Torres are actually in love or who could question the love of Spike Dudley and Don Marie, <laughs> like, you know. And they're not even on camera at the same time. It's just like using looks and then cutting it together. Yeah. Like, because when you are with me... <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. We're meant to suddenly buy that this blood rivalry is still going back from WrestleMania. Like, Was your interest peaked, though, when you turned this on? It's like, oh, we're going to get a little bit of the greatest feud of all time. I was a little let down, to be honest with you. I was looking forward to some more weird matchups or odd storylines or, like, you know, things that were just for this one night only. Mm. Like, I like it when Rebellion starts off with, like, some, like, like British Bulldog giving Stephanie amnesia. Like, and or have- get this! Shane McMahon (laughs) a real wild card here yeah but then just getting told we're getting Rock versus Austin immediately got me reminded that it is just a glorified house show really like of all the previous UK shows I mean Mayhem in Manchester is very much like was a house show that seemed to be filmed by accident yes and then like I don't know someone was like shit we have to release it (laughs) but all the other ones did yeah they had that attempt of a self-contained story yeah be it the hardest of the hard men or get this Shane McMahon or you know like it literally tried to for the one night tell the little story yeah like the time when Bradshaw and Kurt Angle took turns doing elbow drops on the Irish flag back when they came we haven't forgotten what you have don't you look at me there, British, with your eyes. After after we get our revenge on you, then it'll be after that, then the next is Bradshaw and Kerrangle doing elbow drops yeah. on the Irish flag, which, you know, we've died on. So that was well out of order. But tonight it just felt, yeah, we were very much just getting... Ah, it's the house show. It's the show. Are they embracing it, or is it just laziness? I think it's just laziness. I think that, like, at the minute, they've got so much shit going on, moving pieces in the WWF. It was like, ah, fuck, we promised, like, eight months ago we were going to do this fucking show in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Rock and Austin's, like, a really good feud. Why don't you send them over there? What it's basically like is, like, the WWF is, like, the divorced dad who has promised, like, their kids this (laughs) awesome sweet 16, and then they got work and they got the the Fujinara contract to worry about yeah. and they can't even that's Kurt Angle turning heel the fucking night before this but the Rock and Austin main event is like look but I got you that video game that you wanted it's like, not the it's not for the right system dad uh well you didn't even get me the expansion pack now I can only play multiplayer perfect dark <laughs> I hate you <laughs> That theme and that Karamak commentary team. Yeah. You got beige tired Jim Ross and just beige Paul Heyman who's running on fumes here. Yeah, this is sad. This is maybe the saddest part of the evening is just these two lads on commentary tonight. Yeah, these two lads are fucking like, this is why we don't do... This is why there has to be a two-week buffer between SmackDown Crawls. Yeah. This is why we don't do a transatlantic flight and then go, SmackDown Crawl! Oof. Were you disappointed by the commentary here tonight, given that this is a, a dream team? 100%. You're expecting the bickering, the Scarsdale, give me a break. You, you really want the high energy shouting at each other with Paul and JR. And for like the first five minutes, they're barely even speaking. Like, never mind the speaking they are doing has got no energy to it. They just sat there like quietly for a lot of it. 
It's an exhausting fucking act, for lack of a better term, mm. when those two have to do that. Because they only did it for, what, before WrestleMania, so April to November. Mm-hmm. So you got eight months there. And everyone remembers it. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone remembers it because, obviously, it was so, like, fucking in your face. And it was such a large part of your viewing experience. But you got to think that they could only have done that for eight months before they fucking burnt out, like... The, the commentary equivalent of, like, TLC matches. Like, they, yeah. they cut months off their careers with this kind of commentary. <laughs> yeah, you know, Heyman's going out there and Michael Hayes grabs him and like, go on there and make fun of his hat. <laughs> and I'm like, you yeah, know what, Michael Hayes, why don't you fucking make fun of his hat, you selfish son of a bitch? Like, Angle and Jericho hyped for the WCW title, which is just, like... This fucking whole weird angle summed up in a nutshell. I mean, I tried to keep in mind that this is like, hey, they're going off to the UK. Maybe in the UK they don't watch the show and they don't care about the invasion. Mm. But the reality is, is at this point, WWF, this is peak not giving a fuck about the yep. invasion. Yep. At all. We wish we weren't doing this angle. Like- Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho is a great fucking match. Mm-hmm. But don't lie to me and tell me that. Like, they keep talking about, oh, bringing it home. Mm. Like, br- what? Bringing it back home. Bringing it back home. God, yeah, when The Rock brings home the title tonight from Steve Austin. Mm. Home. And it doesn't make sense when you're away from home because you're yeah, in England. <laughs> like, what, if Kurt Angle is going to bring it home to America from Jericho, who also resides in America? Did Awful. You, did you catch the historic statement regarding the WCW title match, though? Was it saying it was the first time it was defended in the UK? First time it was defended on Sky Box Office. Oh, give me a break. Another huge first for the Attitude Era podcast. All right, it was defended on TCM, okay? Yeah. You know, when you're saying, saying up, it's like, yay, Cartoon Network's going to continue 24-7. And then they would go, but only on cable. And then they fucking, the lion would roar. And all of a sudden, all these weird old WCW fuckers would appear. Yeah. What? <laughs> you're in our town now, boy. <laughs> That's not Steve Austin, it's Goldberg. <laughs> like that, that was my... Crying. Yes, yeah, that's literally my experience of WCW. Because they did do a few UK shows in 2000. Right, like and shows I, over here. Yeah, like, okay. they came over for, for a whirl. And I do remember that it was one of those moments that I think made Fusion Media, Eric Bischoff, actually think the company was really viable because WCW rarely, if ever, ventured out into the wild blue yonder outside of Southern America. Mm. And they did this tour in around 2000. And I think they went to Germany as well because I remember reading a lot of the newsletters for research and it being like, yeah, they sold out or they did really good crowds or they did crowds that were very comparable to what WWF would do if they toured abroad. And I felt like, yeah... Like, I think every company since then has realized there is certainly big money to be made in the UK market. Yes. I mean, it propped up TNA as a viable company Still, for years. Yes. Yeah. Anything that can be remotely considered as big time wrestling will, like, draw a crowd in the UK, regardless of what company it is. And then the little children in the UK, we all realize together that we have our own imaginations and we can have our own fun without relying on the big brands, you know? Because that's what it was. I feel like it kind of, in these early days, it was like the big companies coming over with a little bit of flash and glamour. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you can't get this. And the reality is, is that we always were able probably to, there was always talent in the UK scene. Yeah. And there was always creative people. It's just that it didn't all come together until the last five or six years. Yeah, really. We don't have to rely on WCW anymore. Thank you very much. We've got progress. Yeah, we don't have to rely on American Wrestling All-Stars anymore. You remember the, the company that would literally have impersonators of The Rock and Kane and Stone Cold? We've got real Kane now. We don't, <laughs> we don't need you. We've got a man from Liverpool who we boo at. It's grand, like... <laughs> 
Coming up first, Intercontinental Championship on the line as Christian, the evil WCW and or ECW, although now we mentioned it, he was an ECW champion, wasn't he? When he came back and they didn't put him on the main show. Ah, uh, nah, that doesn't make him ECW at this point future, in time, though. In future, though, that was why he went back there, you know? Uh, I mean, that was why. He's like, I didn't want to be in the main event. I wanted to, to be on ECW oh, when I came back here and signed for a little bit more money. Oh. I wanted to fight you, Jack Swagger. Uh, Christian is taking on Egg here tonight for the IC belts, and they're having this in a cage match. Once again, this happened before when we were in the UK. The cage that is in the WWF UK storage locker yep. is the old cage. The shoddy old cage. Shoddy? I'd say it's shoddy because it's not like... This isn't the exact one from St. Valentine's Day Massacre, is it? Because it looks way shorter to me. It is a very low cage. It looks really low. I wonder if it's that cage but set up lower like, like across it, the winning Yeah, apron. maybe. But it's a weird one, then. There's a few here points here tonight where you realise that WBF, when they come over here in 2001, they've got maybe two or three people as a hookup. Mm. Like, someone who's got the ring, but, like, you hear the bell, and the bell's wrong. The bell's like a cheap tin bell. Yeah. It's like the indie show I went to, and someone just held up their phone and went, ding, ding, ding. For fuck's sake. Better than this. Yeah, I guess. You know, when a match ends or starts, you don't want your first reaction to be, the fuck is that like? And the match starts, or it ends. The fuck is that like? Someone hitting a mug with a spoon. <laughs> so, yeah, the cage, a little bit chunky, but a lot of people, right, as soon as we said, oh, we're going to do Rebellion, so many people were tweeting me, going, oh, man, the old school cage, Edge and Christian, this is a classic. I had, I shit you not, four people separately, independently tell me this is Brett and Owen SummerSlam steel cage match levels of excellence. Right. Now, I'm not going to... We'll get into it. Yeah. But I have your names written down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I will be taking them to the podcast principal's office after this for a, for, for a word with your parents. Catch up, Christian. Yeah, he looks like the devil here. Like, it's fucking brilliant. Like, he wasn't already evil enough as it is. He's got proper red devil clothes. Christian is such, like, kind of a, an all-encompassing baddie mm. that he could literally be the red guy from Cow and Jack. Yes, you know? exactly. He could just show up there being red, being a dick. Makes no sense why he's doing what he's doing. He just is, you like... Just buy it, like... Yeah. The cage I likened to if current modern-day wrestling or what they have in WWF at the time, that is, you know, Lego Technic... This is a Duplo cage. You know, this is a cage which is surprisingly fun and a lot of people will defend to the death. Edge starts the match in his big coat more. Yeah, come which, on, mate. Which is Irish for a big, big coat. I know, mate. I'm, I'm picking these things up from you on the show now. here and yeah. there. Yeah, Cota is a coach. So there you go. <laughs> Use that with yourselves at home there when you're making reprimands to the Irish. What is it about Edge and his big coat? He's never done this before. I know. It's just, there's certain things that you can feasibly start a match still wearing. Austin does the vest a lot okay, during yeah, this run. He'll do that, and that's just like, it's a little vest. But a big fucking jacket like that, you just, that's not going to be doing you any favours, surely. It was really weird to see him, like, go beyond a move, and then he's actually, like, taking bumps in it and stuff yeah, like that. That's it. Like, you normally expect maybe, okay, the first little boom, 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 you can be wearing your clothes or whatever. But no, he's, like, determined to get through as much of the match as possible in that. Ca Is he just really cold? And he, like, does not want to take it off. Like, hey, all right, we can say right now, we're in Manchester. It's a cold place. It is a cold place. JR and Paul even talk about, like, and again, because of the low energy, JR's like, we got here on the... 
airplane this morning. A lot of rain in Manchester, folks. Fuck you, Jim Ross. Well, he's right, though. It's not like we don't have a lot of rain. You're whinging from the fucking Dust Bowl in Oklahoma. Oh, we want rain. And now you come over here and you're whinging about rain. Bring some home, all right? <laughs> Let's say, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, I wondered if Edge was inspired by American badass Undertaker when in his first match back, if you remember, he wrestled, I think it was X-Pac or Shane. Mm. It was on SmackDown. It will come up on the crawl. Oh, yeah. And he had the big coat on. He, you know, he would appear, you know, on, on the bike with the coat and then he actually wrestled the match and he wore the coat. Full match. Full match. And the match, though, was like literally, you know, bup, 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 a couple of, a couple of shots and he did like a move or two. It was very mystical almost. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was the coolest motherfucking thing ever really but Edge's coat here it's just a little bit mm. I don't know a little bit costumey worked in the Matrix coat based offence though you know he wraps around Christian he, uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's good like a little Roddy Piper kind of thing he'd make him smell weird I imagine <laughs> from, from all of that like Christian works the shoulder but Kevin is getting worked by a sign that says 100% British beef yeah what is that all about is it a BSE gag <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Kevin. Do you remember Mad Cow Disease? Yeah, I do. But that was that. That was quite a few years before this one. Yeah, I was. I mean, do you have any memories of it at all? Because I mean, obviously, you and I we're foot and mouth guys. Yeah, like, yeah, we're foot know. and mouth kids through and through. Yeah, like. we grew up with images of you know livestock being burnt in ditches. Like, have you still got your foot and mouth kids badge at home, Kevin? Because <laughs> I've still got all my stickers. I've got it? foot and hand and mouth. <laughs> now, foot and mouth, obviously, in the, in the memories. But I, well, some of my earliest memories are being freaked out about Mad Cow Disease. Yeah, but do you have? any memories at all literally same as you just vague memories of being freaked out like images of burning stock on TV and just Michael Portillo eating some beef on the bone like you idiot and just hearing the phrase mad cow disease like 12 times a day in itself was scary when you don't understand what it is as a kid and you're just like oh there's mad cows everywhere and they've got to burn them because they're mad like oh that's too easy you know it's bad when it riles up children it'll rile up like really like daily mail readers of course (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, children and daily mail go mad cow (laughs) we gotta do something about this I remember being really freaked out because it wouldn't I couldn't understand it like what it was and what it meant and it wasn't in Ireland but all I knew is that there was a lot of worries that it would come to Ireland because of the the trading and it was very everyone was terrified around where I was because in Westmeath with Podzil soil you can't grow cash crops you can't grow vegetables so it's turf or livestock right and only half of them had the turf so the other half were very very upset and i remember like being at a family gathering when i was like four or five it must have no it wasn't like six or seven it had to have been because it was around like 94 95 i remember seeing like my cousin at this family gathering and did it ever happen to you when you meet a cousin when they're like eight or nine and then you meet him when they're like 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they they've they've turned into charmeleon <laughs> they got a little bit of an attitude on him. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, there's the guy who I played uh, Street Fire with. Yay. Do you remember Sensible Soccer? And I made all my team named after sweets. You know, and we had a right laugh, didn't we, when I was four. And he turned to me and I asked him a BSC. And he's like, oh, BSC, Kevin. It's this horrible disease. And if you're even in the same room as someone eating the beef, your organs will melt. <laughs> and I ran out of this family gathering with tears. Going, ah! Jesus Christ. Because I had been in the room with air- There was beef everywhere. <laughs> it was a South Dublin celebration. Rare <laughs> beef was the... And I have I been so scared. I literally, I don't say I was triggered. But as soon as I saw that 100% British beef, I was like, what have I got in the fridge? 
I hope I've not bought any <laughs> Still knocking around. It is. Long headlock by Christian. Mm. Paul says that he's got the advantage in this match, Christian, because they are in Europe and Christian is the champion of Europe. And I wrote down here, make Brexit joke later if could be arsed. Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling so apathetic about Brexit that it's not even worth joking about now, is it? I listened to a Lord of the Rings Cinema Swirl episode, which is literally from like nearly two years ago, it feels like, and we were making Brexit jokes. Yeah. And it's like, I've not actually got anything new since then. No, no. So, yeah. We're all dried up. Try again, Paul, you know. Egg Spears Christie gives him a nice big spear. Ghost to escape. Paul immediately proclaims, he's running away. Christian escapes, but then Egg grabs his legs and MacGyver's his uh, wrist tape this, to hold him in place. This is cool. This is mm. the one advantage of having this old cage is that you can do stuff like this with it. I thought it was really cool because uh, Christian is upside down. He's hung up. Ed's has got him there. And then he just escapes. And he bops Christian on the way down. He does a little elbow drop when he's going down, yeah. Now, to the four men who sent me fucking tweets saying this is... Owen and Brett. Yeah, they do a spot that's similar to Owen and Brett, and that's it. Owen and Brett, the story of that, Adam, is that they're fucking clawing each other's skin to fucking dive towards that cage because they know that if it's speed and they can get out the door... They've the won. Ma- yeah, that's it. They want to win the match and get out of that cage. That ain't this match. No. This is two jet-lagged blokes <laughs> that have just got, like, a little less energy than usual. Do you really think Owen and Brett would be like, can we bring the coat in? Because, like, I've <laughs> I run out of ideas. Like, a fucking... Eight minute master needs a coat and wrist tape to get you through it. Yeah. With two feuding brothers who've got a story. I don't know. I was bitterly disappointed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that cool finish has given those four people nostalgia for this match. Because that was a good finish. It was a very cool finish. Nice spot. And you never see that in a cage match because you don't normally get to. But everything else about this match was slow and plodding. I mean, you rarely see coats in a cage match (laughs) because they're already indoors and it's usually warm enough with the extra insulation. But I was bitterly disappointed. And that's a bad omen when we started off where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get Brett and Owen 2000 and we get fucking bollocks with a cool spot at the end. JR brings up Kurt Angle's betrayal. Oh, boy. This was uh, awkwardly timed. Ah, yeah. Okay, so this is a big... Again, with Rebellion, this is normally where you don't have to worry about discussing your big story moments because they don't come up. It's just a little separate thing. Yeah. But this is a bit... We're going to have to digest a big part of the invasion angle right now. It's going to look... I know mum and dad are splitting up, John. All right? But that doesn't mean we can't have a great 10th birthday party. Huh? (laughs) And the other one you have with your father as well. That'll be two. Mm. Children would kill to be in your position, John, uh, would you cop on now and enjoy the birthdays? It's so ill-timed, this. Mm-hmm. And there's never a good time to turn Kurt Angle heel in this, because this is literally a moment, I think, that loads of my friends stop watching wrestling. Yep. It was one swerve too many. Like, Can you remember what it was, the context of why this was set up? Because where we were in our timeline, it was... Kurt Angle was kind of the odd man out when Rob Van Dam were having a little bit of a tease of RVD being the guy maybe to dethrone Austin and be with Vince. And then afterwards, RVD says, cool, whatever, man. I think around the moments, the phrase, oh, Van Dam, yeah, it's true, came out of his mouth. Irreparable damage had been done. So where did they go from there? Why is Kurt the alliance? So as far as I remember, I may be getting this mixed up in the order of events, but Shane McMahon comes out and he promises... 
one of the men in the WWF will join the alliance. I promise you, by the end of tonight, this angle will be interesting again. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and later that night, Austin invites Kurt Angle to have a nice little meeting with him backstage. He wants to talk. He just wants to talk. And Kurt goes to Vince and tells him, you know, Austin wants to have a chat with me backstage. You're like, do you, what do you reckon? Should I go? And Vince says, oh, yeah, you should go and see what he has to say. And, you know... So Kurt does, and they have a little chat. And then later on in the night, there is a match between... Vince and, Vince and Shane, the rematch the from... The rematch yeah. from WrestleMania. Vince and oh, Shane. I should say the re-re-rematch, because the previous rematch was the one that ended with Shane and... Of course. The Alliance course. turning heel and yeah. all that shit, yeah. So it's yet another street fight between Vince and Shane in the main event. And it turns into the usual brouhaha of Alliance guys interfering, WWF guys coming out to make the save. And I did like this as well, because we had the... The calling card of 2001, which is people coming out in recap packages, doing their moves set to... Are they gunshots? The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except when Regal comes in to Lobo, the Undertaker, he gets a... <laughs> which I love. It zooms in on the Undertaker going cross-eyed like... Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I love the low blow in the old video games. Because ding! Yes. Ding, that is so perfect. <laughs> But I want from now on a mod from a wrestling game because it, and it goes and if you could put in like the neck crank get that for a Lobo whoa what did you do to them big man so Shane and Vince main event big brouhaha alliance guys everywhere WWF guys everywhere Kurt Angle runs out in the nick of time with the belt and he clocks Vince with it instead of Shane and J- oh. JR's like, the fuck cares anymore? <laughs> I'm out of here. I've seen chess matches with better swerves than this. So Kurt joins the alliance by betraying Vince McMahon. That's the Monday before this on SmackDown. They just had Kurt Angle cut a wafer thin promo where he's like, "I'm a winner." And I'm always going to be on the side that wins. And even though, like, the alliance has fallen apart at the seams. They're like, not winning. Like, their main guy, Rob Van Dam, is like, been de-pushed. Rhino is, is injured now. And yep. He's gone. DDP is a joke. Even, like, impressive people like Canyon and Kidman are, like, injured or, like, have lost all their momentum. Mm-hmm. They have no one. No they, one of value. They literally have Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this was the most obvious to get another month out of this because Austin can only wrestle now and then, we literally have to turn him heel. Yep. Storyline be damned. And he's like, oh, I want to be on the winning team. He's like, why would you join all the fucking losers then? And yeah, yeah, fucking, there's a, there's a reason for this all down the line. And like, Kirk cutting this promo, and he's like, I'm, I'm in the alliance now, and you're going to see me on TV for a long time to come. And they zoom out, and Shane and Austin are there like, yeah, great job, Kurt. Good speech. Like, oh. So I can't wait to see him bring home the WCW title home. He's going to take it home, but actually home, but away from the metaphorical home. Like country roads. But wait, no. WCW title, he will be taking it home, won't he? Because it's back to WCW. Yeah, that's that's right then. He'll be taking it home. Is Kurt Angle WCW? Kurt is WCW. He wants to win the WCW belt off Jericho, who is a former WCW superstar to bring it back home to the alliance where it rightfully belongs oh adam this is really fucking hard this is the worst thing they could have done in this angle i think literally when i was reading old fucking old recaps of this and people are like i don't even know who these champions are anymore i'm like sit down marks 
<laughs> I got this. I don't even know. Kurt's got a belt as well. Is it the US? US title. Oh, God, I can't remember all the time because he wins it when he's a goodie and now yep. he's a baddie. Now he's a baddie on a different team. Like. Oh, my God. And I'm better at this than I was when I was 12, I like to think. Yeah. You've got <laughs> notes now. Like. I've got a pen, mate. Like. <laughs> Backstage. Fuck this whole thing, Kevin. Chavo Guerrero and Hugh Morris booking it the way we wanted to. Like, Hugh, how come you didn't get a big push? Uh, I think it's because they were afraid of how good I was. And I think that if they had listened to the fans and the business and let me continue to abuse people, that the business would be a better place. I think so too. Now, Hugh, have you heard about Audible.com? <laughs> I This is awful. And I am having a shotgun broad blast there at like, it just these two doing their fucking giddy ale shit is so fucking lame. This is worse than Dweezil and Ahmed Zappa at the WrestleMania Rage Party <laughs> when they harass Sable. It, and it starts off with Chavo with a mic talking into the camera like he's a backstage correspondent. And I was like, oh, this is an official segment here? It makes no sense. They say that they've been given the job to interview the Divas tonight. Or that Chavo's been given the job to interview the Divas tonight. Which side are they on? Because I thought at this point they'd gone and asked Vince for jobs. I'm pretty sure that actually came the week after this, as far as I know. But this is Vince's show. This is WWF. But they didn't get... They have no job. Like, once they went to ask Vince for a job, he said no, and then Stephanie fired them. Yeah, so they were out of a job. So, yeah, these are free agents, or... So, wait, they are free agents at this point. (laughs) Or, if they're WCW... Vince has given them a WWF-branded microphone and said, here, have some TV time. I want you to introduce the Divas. Like, who organised this? That's the what chi- I want to know. That's my question. Like, it seems to me like this is like a job interview that Chavo Guerrero has done that they've just decided to air. It's a tryout. Because like. have, you, have you seen like Bischoff? Like, he wrote about it in his book, and when they did the documentary for the network, they dug out the old footage of getting Bischoff. It's like Vince is like gives him the broom, and he's like, sell me the broom, Eric. And it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, this Sunday, Broom is going to be in action. It's like, it, to do that to get you uh, kind of used to being, anything can happen in the WWF, yeah. pal. Sell me on this, and it's your ability as a salesperson that will get this over. So you got Chavo there, barely remembers to hold the microphone up to himself, trying to sell us on, on the Divas, I guess. And then Hugh Morris comes in, decides that he wants a piece, because you know when there's a locker room in Hugh Morris, nothing but good, wholesome fun happens, guys. I was gonna say, this is so fucking close to the bone, this. This might be one of those segments that you might want to... I mean, you got to cut out Delta Dawn, we ain't got to cut out this on yeah. the network, guys. Snip, snip, lads, come on. Yee. So they barge in on Trish Stratus, who's in the middle of changing. Poor fucking Trish. First Matt Hardy, now this. It's like all she does at the minute is have her top off and like a blanket over her chest and be like, oh no, you walked in. I thought after they did the whole angle with Trish at WrestleMania and the whole gimmick of Trish was that, yes, Trish may be like beautiful and you may think she's eye candy, but she's like a serious wrestler now. She's an independent woman. And like, since Trish has come back from being injured after the bra and panties match, she's appeared with Mick Foley in lingerie, where Foley said, you want to be put in a cage so my kids can poke you with a stick. Matt seen her topless. And now Hugh and Chavo fucking... This is basically Bulk and Skull from fucking... These idiots here coming... I want to see these guys fall on some ball bearings real bad. Real bad. Real bad! So irritating. And then Trish is just like, can you just go and 
fuck off and bother Lita. Or yeah, and that's like, she's not like, fuck off, you creep. She's like, hey guys, um, why don't you go talk to Lita and leave me alone? Bye. Mm, don't encourage them, Trish. Uh, Scotty Too Hotty versus The Hurricane. House show rules. So, okay, this I'm more excited about because... This is the kind of show where you might actually get to see Scotty Too Hotty and Hurricane get a bit of time. Yeah. You know that you wouldn't see this on like a Survivor Series show or something, but you maybe. Yeah. So you wouldn't see Scotty Too Hotty on a show. Literally wouldn't, like, no. Poor old Scotty, like he's really proven that he is capable as being a decent, not a decent, a great singles wrestler. And it feels weird that when they did the whole cruiserweight kind of relaunch when they brought in the invasion he had likes of Kidman Tajiri mm-hmm. but this is the point now where they no longer care Tajiri's walk around with a cruiserweight belt Xbox disappeared with the other one yep. Billy Kidman's back from injury and despite being one of the most popular members of the alliance he's not used yeah. I would love to see Scotty versus Tajiri or Scotty versus X-Pac or Scotty versus Billy Kidman. Those are all great matches. This is surely like the most light heavyweight slash cruiserweight, whatever you want to call it, superstars you've had on the roster, like consistently appearing on TV for years. Yeah, right? like, probably. The most diverse they've had a roster for light heavyweights. Yeah, but it's a little bit too house showy, I think. And mm. this is basically instead of flips and stuff that you're not going to see in other matches, you're just seeing a lot more clapping and taunting than you normally would see. Jim Ross complained about the rain in Manchester as, you know, we have some fun with these guys, you know? Hurricane does the pose, Scotty mm. does some dancing. Scotty's so over, it's insane. Oh, yeah, he, like, I knew that he would be because just knowing what playgrounds were like here with Too Cool and everything, mm. there are certain acts that you just know will get, like, a hero's welcome in the UK, and Too Cool was totally one of them. This is up there, like, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that people were as excited to see Scotty Too Hardy as they would be, like, The Rock. Yes, legit. And if you're listening, kind of going, that's fucking ridiculous, you do not understand. I don't know what it's like in the in the US, but it was a fucking phenomenon. Yes. The worm and Too Cool, the dancing, that gimmick... That's when Channel 4 had their few little months on TV. That is a thing that seemingly just went straight into the consciousness of yep. every fucking child in this country, it seems like, and Ireland as well. Mm. So that's no exaggeration that people were jazzed to see it. And this match gets a lot of reaction as a result of it. And the Hurricane character is really, really fun. And it's good to see him get over in front of this crowd. I do like when he dons the cape as well in the match to give himself extra jumping powers. Grown man wearing a cape. Come on. Hideous. I'm too tired to complain. I would like to see Jim Ross in a cape. Yeah. Seriously. Like, like some sort of barbecue themed cape or something. <laughs> That's like. really magic Jim Ross like is all I want to see. Like it's dressed <laughs> as a wizard. I think it'd be really brilliant. And all of his incantations could be like your good God almighty. <laughs> be brilliant. At 32 minutes and 10 seconds, we get our nay of the night. <laughs> As Scotty Too Hotty makes a horse noise. Literally got that written down myself there. Oh, really? That's well that your, is that your grunt of the night? I've got two grunts, so I'll, okay. let, I'll let you have the neigh of the night. The neigh of the night. Well, after Billy had the, what was it, fucking the, turtle... The moan of the night. Oh, those turtle banging a shoe of the night. Fucking what the fuck hell. It was this freak. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he slinging this, like... Used to be about grunts. Used to be normal. Now it's gone weird, man. Love you, Billy. <laughs> it's just me about grown men grunting. Now it's about turtles and shoes and horses. It's weird, man. My search history is all out the wazoo now. You won't believe what they recommended me on Prime. Hurricane goes for the worm, which Paul Heyman says is the slug. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Hurricane tries to do the little dance, and even though I know Hurricane could probably do 
an immaculate worm. I bet he could. He does a very good job at pretending that he can't even do the basic yeah. starting up it. He's like kind of doing the chicken dance. Like, no, dad, not like that. Proper worm. <laughs> but you know there were kids in the audience who would have been like, he's yeah, doing it. That's not, <laughs> uh, is, is that the worm? No, mom, that's not it. I hate rebellion. <laughs> Gets reversed. He goes for the thumbs up choke slam, which yeah. then gets reversed. He hits a sweet super kick. A roll up with the ropes. I thought the hurricane had it, but no, we get the worm clean finish. Scotty actually really did pin people with the yeah, worm. Because know? it's the worm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fun, yeah, but come on. So yeah, he hits the worm like one, two, three, and Jim Ross is like, okay, that's him. WWF wins, I guess, at least. Yeah, big win for Team WWF. Take the worm home, Scotty. Scotty looks scary post-match as well. Like he's just a little like, hello, children. Like, he's losing his hair. He's like hot dog red, and he's literally like, ah, I've he won just, the match. He's just little wave. Like he's yeah. looking at a boy in the ring going, <laughs> everyone in the WWF roster floats, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see the worm? <laughs> ah. <laughs> Backstage, Trish is with idiots. Oh, for fuck's sake. They peek at Lita changing. Oh, you know, there is nothing better than a girl putting on some trousers. Hey, you gotta got laugh, though, ladies and gentlemen. After you you got to laugh. Bit of blue. Nothing wrong with that, hey? Little bit of blue. Look at that lovely woman. Hey, what's underneath them trousers? Hey, it's underwear. Mm. That's what women wear, it is. It's okay, because you just know they're going to keep coming back to these segments we're surely going to see them get their comeuppance later on. Yeah, so. they do, because after they perv over Lita like a bunch of lecherous creeps, imagine if Bulk and Skull were like this. They'll be like, the Power Rangers would have to like fucking get a Zord and crush them. Like, <laughs> like no. We don't agree with killing people usually, but in this case... In like... this case, Angel Grove is way better with you fuckers out of here, okay? So yeah, Lita gets pissed off and tells him to fuck off. And they laugh lots. So uh, take that, you rotten scoundrels. Honestly, I was begging, given that they were in the UK, and I thought that this was going a bit of a, you know, oh, they're paying homage to the classics, you know. Benny Hill, bit of tits, way. You know, Monty Python, the... It's not doing a paying homage. So then maybe that Mr. Blobby might come in and these guys might get gacked. Yeah, I was more hoping that they'd do like a lock stock and Vinnie Jones would just like smash their head in a car door over and over for like 10 minutes on yeah. or something. That, that is the only way this would have been right with me. That truly would have been emotional. <laughs> it's DDP! This is brilliant. It's me, D-D-P. Over here in jolly old England. But you people don't seem so jolly. You seem really depressed. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Why? I'll tell you why. Because when you people are as low as you are, there's only one place to go, and that's up. Now you see, just like me, that I like me, you like me, and now you like you because of me, D, D, P. Diddly D, it's me, D, D, P. 
you want to talk about Tim Curry's Pennywise. Oh. That's the way he like, we'll say a word and then... <sighs> he, he like turns the head real slow. <laughs> they all float down here, Sarah. But in England... <gasps> they're all depressed. It's good that you brought up a good Tim Curry because at the moment all I've got in my head is like when Billy comes around, right? We have this like kind of tradition now when we do a recording weekend. Billy comes around and Billy will curate a list of the best memes and internet bin water that is available. And we all sit down, have a nice big laugh when we're all tired after recording. Yeah. And it's a lovely time. Well, this time, Joe got in on the action from How To, and she had some videos to show us. And I'm now obsessed with the low-energy classic of Tim Curry on the Worst Witch Halloween special. Anything can happen on Halloween Your dog could turn into a cat Tim Curry clearly wasn't there when they were recording it. Yeah. It's like, in a separate room, come in here, Mr. Curry, put on this cape. Anything can happen on Halloween. Legit. You might even see a cat. You know? When it came on and I saw the title of the video, like, I leapt out of my chair because I was like, ah, Tim Curry is Like Halloween is so very weird. Better than a stereo. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Ah. Ah. So DDP talks about how England is depressed, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a good thing that you're all depressed. You're all depressed. That's a good thing. Because it can only improve from here. I think we need to really sort out that House of Commons, all them naysayers who won't get on board with, oh, you thought he wasn't going to do a Brexit joke? Well, fucking strap yourselves in. Let's get Diamond Dallas Page in. The Honourable Gentleman from North Jersey has some words about Brexit. You guys, we have to get on board because even though it seems like a nightmare hellish scenario, it can only get better from here. (laughs) (laughs) Order, order, Mr. Page. You are a most rambunctious fellow, but you are not obeying the rules of this house. And he's like, (gasps) (laughs) DDP versus the big show. Not one, not one and a half, but two earrings on Diamond Alice Page's ear. Like JR didn't hate the guy enough already. Right, this match is so short. And watching this match, knowing that DDP is his fucking PowerPoint presentation, like, you know, didn't you see the uh, Gantt chart I put together at the timeline of this Aww. match, Big Show? It's very obvious that this is like, all right, I will do the exact match that DDP wants to do. And there's some fun little spots in there. But these two lads are literally in a fucking, like, the match starts and, like, DDP's special chamber comes down that ignores all of the crowd. His isolation booth. (laughs) Because he's doing it the way he wants it to be done. Yes. Which is the way he reckons the fans want to see. There's no changing anything up on the fly with DDP. It's just like, this is the match, we're doing it no matter what. Very light kicks by DDP. Like, obviously, mm. the plan is like, then I'm going to kick you and not make any contact. Yeah. It's awful. Particularly when Jim Ross uses the phrase, uh, DDP's a little outhorsed here. A little outhorsed. Yeah. Big Show's too much horse for him. That's true. Yeah, he is a big horse of a man. And then Heyman becomes Mr.com for a second. He's like, well, when you've got a big horse with a broken leg, there's only a few things you can do, Jim Ross. You can kill it or get rid of it. I nice. Guess. 
DDP like kind of goes for a figure four, but it's just kind of like, I got your leg. I'm not giving it back. He's doing the offense that when a, a loved one would give you tickles as a child, like, oh, yeah. no, stop, DDP. I don't want it. I don't like the match. You're not listening to the audience. <laughs> Seems to be a steamship in the crowd at moments. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned the air horns. Well, no, there's air horns there, but this one is very much a... But then don't forget, you also get... And occasionally just a... Like all the different types of horns. Yeah, they're everywhere. I thought they were trying to like kind of, you know, get into the swing of things. Like there's not more English than the shipping forecast on BBC Radio 4. And here we go. And honestly... Big Show and DDP are wrestling with all the intensity of two steamliners passing in the night, like <laughs> very carefully. They've lit. They're nowhere near. He's a click away from when he's doing that punch, oh. big man. It's okay. I will say, while we're on the horns, watched some World Cup matches recently when everyone thought it was coming home. Yeah. And there is one thing footy crowds have got that I wish wrestling had more of. Mm. You know when like the football's getting kind of quiet and England have maybe slowed down a little bit. It's not as hot as it was at the start of the match. Mm. And the crowd need to kind of get England back into it. And there'll be one lad, like, at the back of the stadium with a really shitty little... Come on, England. Oh, that's a song, is it? Oh, with a little... little like, it's a little... Like a little, tiny little... You imagine it's a little crooked horn with, like, dirt on it. Yeah, I recognise like... that song from the Queen from when she gets the coronation, isn't it? Like, yeah. Come on, England. Give us a Queen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if we had more wrestling shows where people were, like playing time to play the game on a little horn or something. Or... Are you seriously suggesting bringing more horns into the fold? I'm saying if you're going to have horns at a sporting event, at least have them play a little tune. I would say I would like all my wrestling shows to be hornless. Mm. Dehorned. Mm. That's what I would like. So we get the diamond cutter and then a five count from the referee, then a pin, then a kick out. Yeah, DDP did write this. Fucking fingerprints are all like literally. I, when, I, when that happened, I got you know the thing. Um, they make fun of it in The Simpsons, where it's like the Itchy and Scratchy Productions. It's like the two of them are like on the typewriter where the camera spins around. It's like burn him oh, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine DDP like <laughs> a Diamond Dallas Page production by Diamond Dallas Page. No heat at all. We get a thirty-six stone choke slam by the Big Show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, picks up the win. And then we get a fucking awful cringe, awful, ruined the match, ruined everything, even ruined DDP's character. That wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. Because now I get to get the hell out of this country. Oh, I want the audacity of that. So we get the music hitting then, and then uh, it's a little bit awkward, Adam, isn't it, for old DDP? Big Show's music's playing, and he grabs the mic, DDP, and he's like, That's not a bad thing, Dab. I can get out of this town now. But he doesn't even get to fit, like, the the music cuts out when he picks up the mic, and he's like, I may have lost the match. That's not a bad thing. Well, it's the Big Show. That's a good thing. Oh, fuck it, man. It's not a bad thing. It's the Big Show. Bad. Mm. Do you think he maybe thought in his head that he'd have the bling? Bling, bling, as his little gap to get the promo in. Fucking awful. Einmal, zweimal, dreimal, a fucking shit backstage segment. We've got Hugh and Chavo Guerrero interviewing the Divas again. And this is the one bit, I did like this, when they busted in and Molly's like, ah, 
Because she's not got her cape on. This segment on his own would have been really funny. If they did the whole thing, they wanted to interview the divas. And these two creeps are like, oh, where are the divas at? And the only place they could go was Molly's locker room. And then they're like, oh. Or like, even they were like all embarrassed by yeah. it. I think there was there was some good comedy there. Yeah. But it's like, it's lessened greatly by their fucking really creepy, creepy behavior in the first two. Yeah. Where in the first two, they get what they wanted. They get to see some divas and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Am I right in thinking this is the last segment from these two tonight, Kevin? Yes, it is. So that's their comeuppance then, is wow. they saw Molly without a cape on. That's so fucked up. Like, I was very cynical. I felt sure this was going to end with them seeing Mae Young topless or so- something. They of- did, yeah. And it'd be like, eh, that's not what we wanted. Boo-hoo. Because I remember they did a thing, like, I think it was the one, it's one of the English shows that we missed from that kind of intermittent period between Wrestlemania and King of the mm. Ring I think they did the same with, like, with the right to censor and then like all the women came out and they all beat up Stevie kind of after he, yeah. like, he, he ran them all down and it was kind of meant to be like a, yeah take that I swore this was going to be like during the Divas yes! tag or something later they would come out and all the women would kick the shit out of them and like make them like exposed for what little creeps they are Nope. Nothing. I, I Again, maybe if they burst in on Tori and then Tajiri kicks the shit out of them. Missed so, them. Anything to have them get comeuppance for this. And if you are like us and you've recently been watching the Rowan Atkinson comedy scene study videos on YouTube about how to be a great comedic performer, watch Chavo Guerrero, who manages to improperly mime having a microphone, despite the fact that he is holding an actual microphone. Fucking hell. He holds it like a fucking carrot he's going to put in a stew out of it. It's awful. <laughs> Rubbish. Meanwhile, in the shadow realm... It's all about momentum, and man, do we have momentum going for us. With the acquisition of Kurt Angle, oh man, the Alliance is on a roll. History, once again, can be made tonight. You're damn right we got momentum. The Alliance has momentum. we got Kurt Angle with us. We're right here, right now tonight, and we don't need to worry about Survivor Series. We're right here in Manchester. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to go out there and for the World Wrestling Federation Championship with the Rock's ass. Yeah! I, I'm trying to talk. I'm not worried about myself, I'm worried about you. Can you get the job done? Yeah, I'm gonna beat Chris Jericho for the WCW title tonight. You can count on me. Then we have all the gold. Don't you understand? The Alliance would have all the power, all the gold. That's Hey, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but this table's round. We're in England. You get it? Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. Think about this. Stone Cold, you could be... You could be King Arthur. What? I... Deborah, you could be Guinevere. Yeah. And Shane, you could be Merlin. Magician? Yeah, the magician. And, and, and me? I could be Sir Galahad. Yeah. And, and 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 since we have good nights, we need bad nights too. I'm having a bad night right now. What? Merlin, can you make me disappear? Oh, oh hold on a second. We gotta have bad nights. The Rock? He could be Sir Lancelot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knights, Winnebar, 
Galahad, what? 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 You're pathetic. In Texas, you ain't got none of this crap about knights and round tables. That's why I'm sick to be here, Kirk. But we're and I'm trying to, t I know, and I'm trying to take you under my wing, but it's real, real hard, Kirk. Go out there and you do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about me. I will. Deborah, let's go. Good luck. Steve. So the baddies are in a darkened place. A pitch black room. A pitch black room. A big black poker table, it looks like. So complete darkness. You got Shane, you got Kurt, you got Austin, you got Deborah. No Steph here tonight. And we are right back at the Stone Cold Kurt Angle comedy. Yes. Back there again. I mean, I like that, but is Kurt now kind of went back from being a serious baby face with some comedic tendencies to being a goofy heel? Yep. With serious... Like, what, what is Kurt Angle's character? Because it feels like they're like, what do we do here? Oh, just do... You guys can rib and do something great. And obviously they can. Like, it, it, I laughed when Austin was like, you know, I'm so proud to have Kurt Angle on my team and his hand is out for the shake. And then as soon as Kurt goes to shake it, he scratches his head, like, yeah. doesn't even look at him. That made me laugh, but I'm like, should I be laughing a week after exactly. the biggest heel turn or swerve? I don't find it anywhere near as funny or endearing anymore because they've just done, they've gone too back and forth with Kurt Angle's character. He had a nice progression through the invasion from going from a goofy heel into, like, a serious baby face that could win the big one. He became one of the most, like, honestly inspiring baby faces. Legit. Like, SummerSlam 2001, I recently showed Joe that for, we revisited the Stone Cold Steve Austin episode of How To Wrestling. I remember even just watching that, and it's just like, he comes off so fucking passionate, and like, in a way where, yeah, you can do the comedy, but in the same way that when Stone Cold, you know, joined the alliance or whatever you went back to the comedy but at least they gave him a week or two a buffer yes you know you can do the comedy again there is gold in them their hills don't get me wrong but just give Kirk the edge a little bit exactly like when your top baby faces for years have been guys like the rock and stone cold who are kind of edgy and will have asshole tendencies they had like a legit white meat baby face in Kurt Angle for Which a little so while. Rare. For a couple of weeks, they had a genuinely over baby face that was just like white meat American. I'm going to win the championship. That's a problem that's been going on 17 years, folks. Mm -hmm. More so since Steve Austin became a top guy. Having a baby face who's just a straight up good guy who we can all believe in and rally behind a singular cause is very, very hard. Mm -hmm. And if you take out, oh, I hate the fucking office and I hate people being held down and Daniel Bryan's story, it's almost non-existent. Yep. And they ruined it. Yeah, they had it here and they immediately threw it away to make Kurt heel again. Many things contributed to people stop giving a shit about wrestling, but genuinely having... Like, with Austin, I think a lot of people turned off when he became heel because yep. like, there's no one I like in wrestling. And then they manage to, in spite of everything, find Kurt Angle, mm -hmm. who ain't gone off to Hollywood anytime soon. Nope. And then they fucking blow it just so they can have another month of Angle. Yeah. Oh! What a waste. And yet, funny you mention that, actually, because now you, you say it, I think this is pretty much the time where I realised that this ain't so hot anymore. Like This was the first time when I remember in wrestling going, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, come on, why? I, I actually remember getting texted from my friend who said that, yeah, Kurt Angle turned heel. I remember this is the same friend who I had who also used to lie about reading Stephen King books and right. said he had uh, read all of the Lord of the Rings books and spoiled the ending for us when Gollum teams up with Sauron to take over. <laughs> nice fucking try, Philistine. Now hold on a minute, player. <laughs> Mount Doom is going to have to be settled with a tag team match. <laughs> Such bollocks lie. But yeah, he texted me and said, Kurt Angle turned heel on Raw. And I was like, 
no fucking way. And then when another, like my cousin who texts me then is like, yeah, I heard that. Heard that happen? I was like, oh my god, are you serious? Like, I'm fucking 13 and I am disappointed in the booking. Yep. That never happened before. No. And you think in all of the fucking roller coaster bullshit in 1999. The I'm, shit you'd put up with. Yeah. Point, like, yeah. But this, because there was always people who I cared about still. And this is the point where I was like, I was never a big rock guy at this point in time. Austin's tainted, Foley's gone. I don't like The Undertaker. And now Kurt Angle fucking is just heel again after I was really into him fucking hated this that's it like if you look back at stuff like 1998 which i still maintain is like the worst part of the attitude era where it was like whose side is he on bullshit month after month it's like austin's hot so we don't need anything other than to feature him yeah but back in those days when the main event was kind of weak and lackluster at least you had interesting mid card and you had at least interesting stuff going on underneath with the likes of rock and triple h and ken shamrock and mick at this point in time everything underneath the main event is like piss poor no one gives a fuck and they completely threw away the one bit of heat they had in the main event angle. And now you've got literally nothing. Like, but, none of it's compelling now. Hey, at least Rob Van Dam is always. Yeah, you know? exactly. You've got nothing left. The only person who's come out of this credible is Steve Austin, who at this point in time is literally one foot out the door. Like, yeah. you know, this is the period of time Stone Cold doesn't like to talk about. Become a backer on How's Your Wrestling Patreon to find mm-hmm. out all about that. Because I did, and holy fuck. Ninth to the round table chat here. Kurt uh, going full on. I mean, this is like, I'm trying to, if we watched this show not in sync, I would have loved this. Mm. But just watching this, knowing what had come before, it sucks. But I still, the comedy of this is undeniable. Where Kurt is like, yeah, look, we're on a, we're on a round table here. After you know, Austin's banging the table, Kurt starts banging it as well to mimic him. And then he's like, yeah, this is, it's a round table. Because, you know, Steve, you're like King Arthur. What? Shane McMahon is like Merlin, which was met with silence by the crowd as well. Yeah, the crowd does not get this. And then Kurt's like, "I'm Galahad because I'm brave." And he's like, "Hey, we need bad, we need bad guys as well." So the Rock is Sir Lancelot. Now this is the point in time where I always kind of go, "Okay, you're talking about fucking, you're talking about English kayfabe here now, yep. which I know fuck all about, and I assume was like whipped into you like the Nicene Creed was with me, mm. you know." So. What the fuck is this? Lancelot's a heel? What, what? Who are who are the rest of the round table? How does this work? Are they real? Are they fake? Was there a King Arthur? Is that literally a story of complete legend? That's legend. I, oh, I think. This is how little I know about so it, So were you, were you like taught this in school? No, no. Okay. What I've gleaned about the King Arthur legend comes mostly from the Monty Python Holy Grail movie. All right, because that's what I got as well. But like, and I don't, I would feel ashamed of that because it's obviously a big part of English culture. But I don't feel so bad because the crowd, I think, are the same as me. They're silent. There's no reaction to any of this. It was clearly meant to be a, like, oh, we'll do some hometown references for England. Yeah, and they'll, yeah. They'll fucking love it. This like. is totally Raven is happy that Doncaster lost in the yeah, league today. Exactly. Like, you know what? You know, but no one gives a fuck. Like, like some someone sat down and looked through books and were like, yeah, we'll do nights at the round table and this could be a funny promo. And they wrote down all these references, which. No one got because you didn't get it. Joe didn't get it. Please, someone explain to me if Lancelot's meant to be a heel because the rock card says it's Lancelot. I think Lancelot fucks up the quest for the Grail and ends up wanting to get with Guinevere, who is King Arthur's lady, and Deborah is Guinevere, as Kurt says. 
but The Rock's never wanted to get... You know, if he'd have just, like, made any Stenders comparison instead, where he's like, Austin, you're obviously Phil Mitchell, like, and I'm, like, the Grant Mitchell of the situation. Like, that would have... The crowd might have popped for something like that. Yeah, and this is all missing the most important thing to get any of this fucking round table shit over, which is loots and harps, and that's the only way it's going to get over. Mm-hmm. Bravely brave Steve Austin <laughs> rode forth from Broken Skull. He was not afraid to jump. Oh, brave Steve Austin. He was not afraid to be run down in Survivor Series. Brave, 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 brave Steve Austin. What? He won't jump to Brock Lesnar. He took his ball and he went. Be that as it may, it was what it was. Sake. Always let a cooler, a cooler head prevail. <laughs> Riding up and down the roads with Rick Root. I've got an IPA and it. it tastes of hops. Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> That's how you do a Knights of the Round Table segment. That would have got over. People would probably know the Monty Python song more than the actual story of the Knights of the Round Table. Like... WCW Tag Team Championships are on the line as the Dudley Boys take on the APA, take on the Hardy Boys. There is a question mark over this actually being the WCW Tag Team belts. Legit. But it pretty, I'm 85% sure. I think that's them. That Dudleyville postcard shirt on Devon Dudley. Good shirt. A phrase you'll rarely hear uttered on most podcasts, but that's peak Devon. Subtly right there. Mm. He, he remained peak Devon for a long time, but mm. that's a good look for Devon mm. right there. JR accuses Paul Heyman of being a peeping Tom. Okay. When they're low energy like this, all sorts of shit slips by. Yeah, yeah. They're not getting clever or personal at all. They're just making shit up. Like. APA, like a nice little ale every Shut now. Shut up! <laughs> Like, shut up, hey, JR. That's you, isn't it? Yeah, we love ale. With your ale. Always pounding ale. Love it. <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck's sake, man. Uh, seriously, if the if the campaign for real ale, if camera want to have an always pounding ale t-shirt. Yeah. but The ale protection agency, you know, I'm in there drinking. Hang on, this doesn't taste like a real ale. <laughs> Camera. <laughs> they come in there. They sort that shit out. I, I love a real ale. I'm not gonna lie. I adore a real ale. Me too. But these are the weakest UK references they've ever come up with. Like JR's just his heart's not in it. They've got nothing but ale and not even fish and chips makes an appearance. Like they did that last time, didn't they? Tired. Plus, mate, having ale and fish and chips—that's a one-way ticket to a fucking bad England toilet time. I learned that my first week in this fucking place. All right, you don't never mix the two. All right, they're lovely separately, but they fight when they uh, get together in the same room. Those guys. And as soon as JR is like, yeah, like a nice ale came, just goes, they're drunks. I can smell it on their breath from here. Fuck's sake. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's probably true. You reckon Bradshaw is worth drunk? Oh, of course he has. You reckon a serious Bradshaw? Genuinely, I reckon he would have done. Do you reckon the Dudleys have ever worked drunk? Mm, I think Dudleys are more likely to work hungover. Still drunk from the night before. Mm. They thought they'd have shaken it off by now, but they're still drunk. Hardy boys. Not drunk. Something else. <laughs> in, in the WWE, do you reckon? In the WWE, I reckon maybe a couple of times it's probably happened. We'll never know the full extent because 
there is some things that have been said about drug use around this time, which to this day, the fact that no one has really looked into or talked more about it leads me to believe that it's a giant shared secret. Perry Saturn said in no uncertain terms that every single appearance yep. he was on pills he was like he said he was unaware of where he was mm-hmm. for his entire WWE run which is around three years yep. that's fucking terrifying and you've got guys like William Regal that said during his Steve Regal days he like again he was fucked up showed to up finish, to work completely yeah, like, like, so it's it's not like it's an environment where drug taking is very difficult. Like Raven like, talked about like how he was fucked up as well. Like mm-hmm. and like every company he was in is like, yeah, I was fucked up at different points in time and it like it cost me my job in many in many respects. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the random bits from Steve Austin. It's just it's interesting to kind of think about because everyone when they think about drugs, they think about the early nineties and the late eighties. Yep. No one thinks about the early two thousands. No one thinks oh one to oh eight. That's the kind of grey area when everyone just assumes everything is okay because the wellness policy came in around 05. But, mm. you know, until 08, I think there was a lot of really fucking dodgy shit going on. There probably still is in some respects. Yeah, I just... I, what I think it is is the reason you associate it more with the 80s and early 90s is because that's when the main event scene was fueled by drugs. Mm. Whereas I think here, yeah, you've still got drug taking on the roster, but I don't think the main event guys like Austin, Rock, Undertaker, Triple H... They're not the Coke boys like you used to get back when it was Hogan and Randy. And Did all you that. hear about oh Zach Gowan and Colin Delaney were two names I heard about that apparently when they joined up to the company like Colin Delaney I remember reading a shoot he's like he joined up to WWE and got signed and he was just like you know he he, he had partook and he was a bit of a partier but nothing extreme he said like literally being on the road with the people he was on the road with like Matt Hardy and stuff they were big partiers and he said like yeah I got like really fucked up like we go on a on an airplane and we'd fucking pound liquor and like I wasn't used to doing that but I was kind of like hey I don't know how long I'll be here so I might as well enjoy myself yeah like Zach Gowan as well as other rest who kind of came in all of a sudden just got looped into this hard partying scene a lot of I don't know random side I guess but mm. I just wonder now and then we don't really think about it and we don't really talk about it yeah it's true no wrist tape on Bubba Ray Dudley and I've written here you just know there's some story there <laughs> Stacy was I was just thinking that like, <laughs> yeah Stacy used it to like I don't know do a scrapbook or something could you believe the disrespect of that <laughs> Jezebel <laughs> oh man JR buries the hipster Dudleys with their poser lensless glasses really yeah he's like why well, I wear those anyway Paul and Paul's like they obviously they have them on the on the announce table because when you cut back Paul's got like Bubba's glasses the rest of the night like and he's like they help them see better JR like they got no lenses in them I, if I I didn't catch this one this would have crushed me as a child yeah the Dudleys were my guys yeah because they they're like Biclops in, uh, in the Simpsons you know yeah. ah, for all of us kids with glasses we've got a hero we can rally behind that's the moment of being like you know the monkeys don't even write their own songs don't you it's not true shut up those aren't even Bubba Ray's real lenses no Heyman buries Jeff Hardy for wearing a hat to work good yeah, the more you call it out. If you see something, say something, Paul. This is very competent and expected as advertised action. I mean, you know, three teams who've wrestled each other in and out loads. This is something you would have easily seen in the year 2000. Like, a lot of this is like, you would have seen this last time these guys were around. Yep. It doesn't, the invasion factors so little into it. I mean, think about in performers who are here tonight in the ring who you wouldn't have seen normally. You got DDP. Hurricane. Hurricane. Stacy Keebler. To Jerry. Well, it's Jerry who would have signed before the yeah. invasion, though, and he would have been on that last tour. 
Jesus Christ. I'm looking through my notes at fucking hell. It's three. Let's call it what they are. They're they're filler. Like, they're people who could easily have their role fulfilled by someone else. Chavo and Hugh. Oh, well, of course. You, got, you, know? you didn't get to see them in person, but I'm sure they saw him on the big screen. Literally, Kevin Kelly and Jonathan Coachman got bumped tonight for Chavo and Hugh. To get their seats on the plane. Kevin loves an ale. Yeah. And Billy gave me a special Manchester-based... Kevin Kelly reference I can't even use now. Oh, no. 2K is going to be the K. I'm going to give it back to you. Billy gave you that, did he? He did. All right, I'll be uh, I'll be speaking to Billy tonight. Farouk picks up Jeff for the Dominator and goes, your ass is mine. To which immediately Jim Ross goes, oh, like James Earl Jones, the other black man I know. Again? God, it's been a while, hasn't it? Bubba Ray starts jigging about like The Undertaker on a house show, going up and down there. Come on, you know? boy. Yeah, he's really... Didn't get quite sassy. Like, you know when Bradshaw, he'd do the old, uh, <laughs> the old Hitler walk. Oh, come on, it's a laugh, isn't it? Fuck's sake, Bradshaw. You have to know how to do a laugh, hey? Wait, no, he, in fairness, he's tasteful. He waited until they were Germany to do the Nazi walk, didn't he? Oh, that's good the of him, JBL. at least. The gift still exists. It's out there to find if you want it. The was up gets interrupted. Devon eats a top rope fall away slam by Bradshaw what I believe is the biggest bump of the night. Mm, it is. Twist of fate and a backwards 3D to Farouk. Map pins Farouk. We're down to the Dudley boys and to the Hardy boys. But oh no, a wild spoiler appears. Twist of fate after the Dudley's double team and the APA have been eliminated. So Matt pins Farouk. One, two, Three. Literally just enough beats to realise that is the oh, Dudley they're, boys. They're winning. And the crowd, it's the greatest noise ever, Adam. I've never heard a crowd collectively go, hey, wait a minute. Oh, damn it. This is another thing that if that happened and I was in the audience, would have started. <laughs> just a big wet patch appearing in your trousers like <laughs> I'm so glad that we were similar children that we can joke like this would have been yeah this would have been the moment that the, the plastic bag would have yeah. come out like I always remember the difference between me and my brother is like my brother when he went away to camp for the first time she packed his precious childhood teddy bear just there just in case he got lonely and when I went to camp I got three Tesco shopping bags just in case you have a panic attack and get sick that should last you the week shouldn't it it, it didn't but oh, it was a nice for thought sake. Bubba Ray Dudley has had it with the pro table crowds Bubba Ray Dudley well placed elbows Here's your stinking table, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he goes full taffing. <laughs> Whatever he says, it is not the word table. JR just not giving a fuck about his job tonight. That goddamn table is more popular than the Dudleys. The crowd just want the table. Oh no, I said the choir part loud and loud. <laughs> Leave your body, JR. You're doing your inner monologue again. <laughs> Before you had the podcast, that's what you do. You just let a little bit slip out what you yeah. didn't like on commentary. Jeff Hardy blatantly low blows Bubba Ray in front of the referee. Whatever. Hey, we love a bit of blue and manchi, hey? Is that what we call it around here? No, no one has ever called it that, I don't manchi. think. I try manchi. To call it, I try to call it Chester on a night out, but that is, that is just a different place. <laughs> that is where Billy lives. <laughs> and it is... A lovely town. It's nice. Yeah, it's great. I bought Outlaws on the PC there in the year 2000. So, for my money, awesome city. 
Poetry in Motion by Jeff Hardy misses. The Swanton misses too, as is the twist of fate. Yep. Well, the Hardys just can't get the job done here tonight in Manchester. Just fucking useless, aren't they? 3D, the Dudley Boys win by being better at wrestling. 3D to Matt Hardy. JR says Jeff Hardy. Oh, no. It's 2001, mate. Come on. His hair. He, one of them wears a hat now. Literally. Jeff. He's literally like, do you think if I wear this tonight, he get my name right? Hat with Jeff on it. <laughs> it's like when Homer tries to get his name recognized he's got all the like the big hello my name is Jeff like he comes in who the devil are you (laughs) I told you man I'm Jeff Hardy it's the loud (laughs) Paul clutches the Dudley boy's glasses as JR struggles to recall which belts the pretense of switch and when Y2J lost some tag team titles. Who fucking gives a fuck? Uh, the WCW, uh, WWF, um, tag belts, um, on Raw, SmackDown, fuck it, I don't know, video package. Backstage, Y2J and Caramel coach Vince McMahon chat with The Rock. I want you two to shake hands. <laughs> shake hands? No, 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 I'm not saying I want you to. Damn it, stand up and shake hands like gentlemen. Shake hands, huh? Shake hands. All right. No problem. Hey, Rock. Just want to wish you good luck in your match with Austin tonight. And do me a favor. Try not to lose another big one again. Oh, that's great advice, Jericho. And The Rock is going to take it to the ring with him. But before you go out to the ring tonight, the Rock has something you should take with you. Oh my God! Stop that! Oh, that brown leather jacket. Oh, that nice bit of toffee there, isn't it? The first outfit I bought for Michael when I started playing GTA, that nice brown leather, dad's day off. Like. I just want to lick it. <laughs> I bet it'd be salty. Like, you know the proper scotch block you can get? The real... Yep. I know the exactly good, what you're saying. The good toffee, the like. good stuff, yeah. You know? Thick stuff. Break all your teeth. The like. kind of stuff. Billy recently got some taffy from America, and I've been very fortunate that in How Too, we had some American candy sent to us uh, before. Uh, any Americans ever want to send us candy? Please, mate. We'll be like pigs and shit, like, mm-hmm. and actual men in candy. But I, the taffy I had, and taffy was like, oh, it's good. But it's not like that nice kind of, in the wax paper, in the corner of the yeah. shop. Well, you're not meant to see us. Where an old man says, Oh, well, don't tell your mother I'm giving you the good stuff today. Yeah, and like kind of a Santa-like figure. Kind yeah. Of, he's the one who brought it into the shop. Very warm person. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> In a hand-woven bag. That's the type of toffee that Vince's coat is. <laughs> and it's fucking delicious. You just, you can tell how little we want to talk about the actual show itself oh, today. I'm so like, fucking hungry now. Like. Anything else? Please, please, please bury the hatchet, you guys. Just can you get to Survivor Series? Please, please. The greatest quote from Vince McMahon of all time. God damn it, be gentlemen. <laughs>
You know it's bad when 2001 Vince, like, tongue and his wife, that's the lone voice of reason, the level-headed man in the room. Yep. And there's a big pop for the handshake. Yeah. And I will say, we'll talk about it more in Survivor Series, and we obviously spoke about it, no mercy. The, the Rock YTJ angle is, is quite hot. One of the hottest parts of the whole invasion. The hottest part, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Would you not have just thought maybe we'll turn Chris heel instead of Kurt? Like, because they've been teasing it since the very get-go, way back since King of the Ring 2001, teasing Jericho being the heel. Why yeah. stamp out the really good baby Is it too Kurt obvious run? and they want, like, you have to have the surprise? I, that's the worst mentality. You've had so many surprises along the way already. We've had our fill of surprises. Let's just get to the end. Like, you don't save all the big twists and turns for the final chapter. Like, It's weird because almost I think him having a WCW background works against him now in the story mm. because it's such a... Like, if you did this and it was that WCW was being put over, even with the guys they had, it was being put over as a separate company and they talked about WCW. WCW was more than, like, a shirt that one or two... La- they don't even wear WCW shirts no. anymore. They wear Stone Cold shirts. Yep. So, like, even if it was... Relevant and JR would have to correct himself if he accidentally said WCW. You could play the story of like, this is the new WCW. Mm. The old WCW let a fucking stud like Jericho go. Now he's the champion. And he, you know, you could have the mean streak of Jericho yeah. and put that over. Nah. On Shane and Jericho, I'd love to see exactly. that as like a buddy group. Like that's the thing; it's Shane's WCW. There's no rules. You can have anyone in there and make. You fucking put Austin in there and make it make sense. Like, mm. what's wrong with having Jericho there? Just because it's obvious. Jericho and Rock do handshake, and then Y2J stops him to wish him luck. Try not to lose again. Oh, big brawl! And the noise that Vince McMahon makes right here. Literally the exact same, you know, like a bin could have been thrown to the point where I was like, was Vince really in the room? They're like, we need an audio of Vince trying to break up a fight. Just play the old one. (laughs) And JR's reaction to the the brawl. Goodness sakes. I thought he was reacting to that because Arn Anderson is the one who came in to break it up. Arn Anderson. Goodness sakes. Uh, who paid to bring Arn here? Seriously, the fucking... You're telling me the enemy are now breaking up the fucking... Back- no way, man. I ain't buying that. Not one second. Next up, hometown boy, William Regal, taking on Tajiri. We're going to get this one at Survivor Series, but let's just have it here once again because I reckon they figure that Tajiri's over enough and Regal is dastardly enough that he will not get cheered. And I was reckoning we'll get the nice big promo from Regal. To mm. cre- they were already booed him. As soon as that music hit, no way. Mm. Not a single pop. No. Nope. There was no work for Regal to do. No. Nope. Because his character is so fucking good. That's how strong of a heel he is. You don't have to worry about him going to England and getting cheered. It's not a factor. He's coming out, he's referred to as being Tony Blair's role model. Like, Yeah, Paul is saying what a great English hero he is. I love this because it's 2001, when we believed. Yeah. You know, and this New J- Labour. Yeah. JR is like, oh, I apologise, ladies and gentlemen. He did not mean to say that. I was like, mate, give it a year. Yeah. Literally a year. Just you wait. Oh, man. Thank you for spending your dough money to come <laughs> and see me. That's fabulous. He buries Man United. Barry's David Beckham. I wrote down David Breakfast by mistake, but it's David Beckham, like, you know. 
Tajiri's music. Oh, wait, hang on. You oh. get the last Manchester reference. The last Man EU reference. If, if you ask me, everyone in the bloody arena tonight should all be sent to Strange Ways Prison. What is Strange Ways Prison? It's a Manchester-based prison. Is, is that the one down on Berry New Road? Yeah, it's just up the road from where I live. Right oh, there. That's Strange okay. Ways, and it's been referenced in lots of things before now, is Manchester's prison. Do you reckon that they definitely thought it would be a supervillain named prison when they started it? <laughs> it so is, isn't it? Isn't like, it? Arkham Asylum. I seriously, I'm sorry, Victor Freeze, but you are being sentenced to Strange Way Prison. <laughs> You're not putting me in the cooler. We are. We just sentenced you. So, on your way. Uh, no bail. Bang. You know. I liked all that. I thought he maybe could have dropped a, a Morrissey reference there at mm-hmm. the end as well. You know, kind of going. He's which Morrissey. Boo. <laughs> Get the fuck. Get the fuck. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a riot is brought down. The building is on fire. Please go to the protest event that has been set up and <laughs> against this event. Can we talk about Tajiri's music for a second? Okay. I have a penchant for Tajiri's music. Okay. And I love Tajiri's music. I also like Chai Kingdom from Super Mario Land. Are we talking about problematic music? I'm talking about problematic stereotype and specifically the na 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 Because Chai Kingdom, which was Kung Fu Kevin's character in a 2010 wrestling game, would have the na 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 No, I can't. It's wrong. Well, you did the offensive part. I did. But I don't want to get too deep in there. Many people have said to me that they reckon that the Tajiri music is in the Chai Kingdom realm of being like, because it's all like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It's, it's very kind of like, I mean, I'm watching Community at the moment, and, you know, it kind of reminds you of something that Senor Chang would bring up to kind of mock people's expectations of Asian culture in, a, in an aggressive way. Right. Where do you stand with this? It's not as bad as Chai Kingdom. <laughs> it doesn't have the. Yeah, but it is still kind of on the nose. As like we're not into like it's. Tr- I'm turning Japanese. No, like. but it is still very much. He's Japanese, isn't he? Because when Joe came in, when I was watching this, and she went, "Oh, who's got the Goemon music?" Mm. And Mystic Ninja on the N64, one of my all-time fave games. And I was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this now." It remains to be seen. It's a fucking banger. It's the, yeah, that's the one thing I can agree on. It is a hell of a tune. All right, I tell you what, it is probably offensive. Why is there a cash register noise at the start? Is that? It goes... Really? Because my, my mate used to tell me, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, because in America, you always, if you're watching you know, American movies and stuff, it's always an Asian person running the, the, the local store. So they're, they're doing that as a racist jab at them. And I was like, fuck. Really? I don't know. What is that? I, I literally have never noticed that ever before. That I would really love bizarre. to know people's thoughts on it. I reckon it's a banger. I can pop that on the old workout playlist and have a run. Not too loud, but yeah, <laughs> I could. Mad Regal sucks chance immediately. People love Tajiri. People hate Regal. And these guys, great stuff here. Great chain wrestling. Well, I've actually watched this after we watched Survivor Series, even mm. though the wrestling's, even though that episode will be coming out later. And I kind of, this is some of the stuff I wish they would have done in that match where, yeah. you know, the, you know the, the old world of sports stuff, the yeah. holding the hands, the balancing off each other. It's, a modern fucking dance right yeah. there is what it is and it's fucking beautiful I adore it and they mix it up as well then with the kicks and Regal trying to block the yes, kicks yes I love that and when he gets kicks it's like a go <laughs> the big Ron Atkinson <laughs> he's drunk the bleach like to pretend it's coffee <laughs> fucking awesome 
Our answer is put over Regal's rough upbringing. And this is when they stop projecting Regal as being the pompous character and being this rough fucking customer. Yeah, he's bad, like... Like, did you know as a kid about Regal's fucking, you know, fighting as a child? As a teen, like, yeah, I'd heard about this on Art of Wrestling, like... Man, I've been to Blackpool, yeah. Mm. I've been to the Pleasure Beach. I've won a Men in Black interactive noisemaker on the slot machines, you know. I've, I've won my fair few tickets. Yeah. Rough shit down there. Yeah, man. Have you seen the high scores on the boxing arcade games in there, mate? They're pretty high. I think the idea Regal was just in there like, I'm going to put all my money on that little horse there. I'm going to throw my ball in until it's... And I've won. I've won. I'm well deserved. I'm only 14 years old. Imagine that, like. <laughs> on an upbringing, like. But he essentially took part in the old... You know, these two, the Carney stuff and Blackpool mm-hmm. Pleasure Beach, which was, you know, fight anyone for... You know, you can win a pot, anyone come in, and Regal, like, as a kid, would go in. And, you know, you, I've often mentioned on how two people learned it about, you know, Austin learned he was wrestling was fake when he was going out the door. Roddy Piper didn't even know it while he had his first match because he just got steamrolled. Mm. Like, and Regal found out about wrestling by going in as a kind of, yeah, come on, let's all try fight. What a fucking weird way to get into wrestling. That's, that is so weird. And, like, not even real. Like, that's... <laughs> It reminds me of... <laughs> Why have you only given me £300 here? Well, the ad said you could pay three grand for three minutes. You pinned him in two. That means you get 300 quid. So and then later on, Regal's like, oh, I missed the ball, but that was my problem. What's your name? I'm Stephen Regal. That'll never get over. William Regal! I'm Stephen Regal. <laughs> in his little jammies, like, yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful singlet. Did your, uh, did your husband make that for you? <laughs> I will... All right, yo, if you ever get the chance... Go see Regal live. <laughs> Go see Spider-Man 1. Please, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sam Raimi just gets the character in a way that these modern guys ain't... Uh, let's put Hannibal Buress in. That'll get... Yes, it'll get over. But go see Regal live if you ever get a chance. He'll tell you a million stories and mm. it'll always be fascinating. It's always been amazing to me knowing his background that he managed to be such a level-headed person given that he came up through this... You know, anyone who comes up through this, you got to fight for real mentality. They're always the really super protective ones. I mentioned again, Roddy Piper and Steve yep. Austin. Like, you get that upbringing, you get the fucking crazy eyes and rest them. You like. get the toxic behaviour drilled into you, like... So, yeah, they're putting over Eagle's rough style and you're getting it in the match. He's fucking mean. He's beating up Tajiri. Sick double chops by Tajiri at one point. He lights up the whole fucking arena. Oh my god, they are disgusting. And at one hour, ten minutes, and twenty seconds, we do get our grunt of the night. Tajiri flips Regal over his head with a nice big. Very accomplished. Just, it is what it is. It's short and sweet. Beautiful. Very grunty show, at least. It's got that going. Yeah. Tajiri misses a moonsault, and Regal gets that Regal stretch in. Again, this match, way shorter than... I mean, I would have won 10, 15 from these lads. Easily, because you know they'd put on a hell of a match if they were given that time. It's so weird that these two really capable wrestlers with a great story that they've invested time in is given popcorn match time. Mm -hmm. Very strange. Regal wins. Crowd, again, booing him. He gets over. He's mean. He's nasty. Mm. I love this character of William Regal, I have to admit. It's one of my favourite Regals, actually. As good as I was that he turned heel again, this is so good. But they made it work, though. They didn't, like, imagine if Regal had turned heel, then he was backstage with Austin doing fucking, like, ooh, the Queen's tea. Yeah, too much. New but... attitude, new character. He should have been on that fucking Survivor Series team. Yes, he should. He should have been a more important part of the Alliance. And you know... You know as well that JR is trying to get him over when he says he's tougher than a two pound steak. Ooh. That is 
Slightly less tough than a $2 stake. Look at the exchange rate at the time, though. Mm. You know, you might get a £2 stake in certain chain pubs around here, but I don't know. Toughness. We may have to test it out sometime. I mean, a £2 stake in America would probably cost a fair bit of money, wouldn't it? For £2 I reckon so. Stake, Actually, that but... is, uh, quantity-wise, that is too much stake, Adam. But over here, stones are what we <laughs> use to weigh things. Give me a stone of steak, please. Something some Fred Flintstone would order. <laughs> the end of the match did you notice the weirdness with the ref calling the end no Regal puts Tajiri in the Regal stretch which is obviously like a very over move yeah and Tajiri starts tapping within three seconds and he's there like ah and the referee's like what do you say Tajiri and he's like I'm saying ah I'm tapping oh you're alright are you you really sure about that like because it looks sore I'll turn a blind eye if you want to have another go like Tajiri missed Regal afterwards, just thinks so the crowd could see the spot, house show vibes, odd line of commentary. What do you think Tony Blair would think of Tajiri? Who cares, mate? I don't know. Only British person I know of, like. <laughs> Backstage, Kurt Angle with Manchester Cole. For the past hour and a half, I've been watching the audience at the Manchester Evening News Arena. And if I didn't know any better, I'd say they look like Escapees from Strange Ways Prison. <laughs> now back to Y2J. What a silly nickname. Y2J. Y stands for the color yellow, which runs down Jericho's back. And two stands for a number. Like when a little boy has to go to the bathroom. Which number is it, Johnny? Is it number one, or is it number two? And J stands for jerk. That's right. Y2J, it's so Mickey Mouse. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. You see these, Michael? These aren't Mickey Mouse. These are Olympic gold medals. And I won't be satisfied being the only Olympic gold medalist in WWF history. So tonight, Jericho, I'm coming after your gold. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. He's observed the Manchester audience as being escapees from Strange Ways Prison. Did sound made up. Yeah, did you think at this point that it was a made-up prison? I did, I was like, go, oh, come on. <laughs> it's just down the road. Stand there out. We'll go for a walk after we've recorded this, Yay! and I'll show you the prison. Let's go to Strange Ways Prison. Unless, unless all the supervillains have ate some sort of, you know, there's just a giant plant growing out of the side of it, and Poison Ivy's made good her escape. Oh, and gravity doesn't work there as well. It's all backwards and upside down. You like... reckon we could find some question marks? <laughs> Get some prizes. They're everywhere. Y2J, this is so fucking shit. Stands for yellow poo jerk. Rubbish. The two in Y2J, like number two, like when I need to go for a number two. Yeah, like who? Is he meant to be goofy or is he meant to be serious? It feels like he's doing goofy shit, but he's meant to be taken seriously. It's awful. Yep. And then he sings a Mickey Mouse song. What the fuck is that? That was so cringe. Like, this is beyond the usual cringe of Kurt Angle. Like... It fucking sucks. Making me feel really, like, sick. And if you're going to do any sort of Mickey Mouse song, do They Might Be Giants. Hot dog! Yeah, come on, that's fucking shit. But yeah, he calls him Yellow Poo Jerk. And then just straight away afterwards, JR, 
hideous remarks from I'll Kirk fucking Angle. say hideous writing Gowarts you're fucking fired mate YTJ versus Kurt Angle in tonight's wrestling contest for the championship great sign it's false it's damn false oh he's not gonna like that is Ooh, he oh that's the opposite in fact it's Van Damme false Whoa, fucking wash your tongue out you yellow poo jerk <laughs> Fast technical gold. Great stuff from these two. I enjoyed it. I did find, once again, I had the cloud of a shitty storyline and being irritated at these characters. Like, wish Kurt was just face again. These two was face versus face or whatever, you know. But there's an amazing work rate here. Loads of throws and takedowns. It's fast. It is the exact type of match they would not do on TV or pay-per-view. Yes, exactly. You wouldn't normally get to see this. And it's, it's decent. They don't slouch. Just I just couldn't get hooked on it. Like there was not enough of a emotional grab, I guess. Like yeah, like you're you say, right. The story it, sucks. And I Jericho's buy into a jerk, it. and Angle's a jerk, and I don't really care about them getting one up on each other. Where if it was Jericho, like kind of being an underdog against the heel, yeah. You just saw Jericho slap the rock, and Kurt Angle cut literally the worst promo ever. Yep. I got the same vibe from this way I get from like watching sports done really well that I don't care about. Like, exactly. Yeah. I get. Yeah, that's really great. But that's cracking darts, I suppose. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't know it. I was just thinking darts. <laughs> like, nah, nah. Let's give him some more credit. Both men are drenched by the ten-minute mark. Yeah, they work their asses off. Double nine count, even. Why do you? gets the ankle lock in at one point Kurt Angle then gets the ankle lock locked in countering into the walls of Jericho which he escapes from the lion salt is then reversed and the angle slam gets reversed into a roll up pin YTJ successfully defends the belt there were very few high spots in this and Mm. the story kind of was that Jericho just beat Angle by the skin of his teeth it was one of those matches though where you gotta look at both guys who you know, Jericho needed a win. You know, a guy who just become champion needs a win. Guy who just become heel needs a win. This is very much a, we won't talk about this next week. Absolutely not. Post-match attack by Kurt and the angle slam. Everyone needs to get over and no one does in the process. Yep. Back says The Rock has taken some fucking Ritalin and is going to dance around and chat with Michael Cole. You see, The Rock understands how you just woke up this morning and you said, how can Michael Cole concentrate holding a microphone, standing next to the great one, while all along, the only thing I'm worried about is going to the local pub and getting a piece of that English pie. Well, actually, Michael Cole, in a case like yours, you're probably not worried about the English pie. You're probably worried about going to the local cabaret and getting a piece of that English strudel. So which is it, Michael Cole? Is it the English pie? Or is it the (laughs) strudel? Which way do you swing? It doesn't matter which way you swing. The only thing that matters, the only, and the rock means only thing that matters is the rock walking down the people's ramp. The rock is not gonna crawl, he's gonna walk down the people's ramp. The rock is not gonna run, he's gonna walk down the people's ramp. Get in the ring, lay the smack down, become WWF champion all over Stone Cold's candy ass, all over Manchester. If you smell 
But the rock is cooking. He calls Cole a top journalist. Yeah, says it's an intelligent question for him to ask. He's here for two things. P and P, baby. He's always pounding pubs and he's always pounding pies. Or are you going to be... Kevin is wiggling his hips around and making a horrible face. Strudel! He, yeah, he wants to find a local pub so he can get a slice of <laughs> English pie. Where he goes, do you want... And he smells his hand and goes... Pie! Pie! Oh! Oh, the pie! Oh! I, I, this, is, this is the point where he is just talking about fucking pies. Yeah, it is literally like... Getting his nose in the crust of the pie. Like, oh! God! Like the Rocky said pie, he heard someone use it before as a euphemism in front of a child. Then he saw American pie and thought, oh, this is pornography. You can fuck a pie now. That's what I do. And yeah, so he's like, so you do you prefer <laughs> pie or <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> gay. What is he like? What is he talking about? Pie is vagina, strudel is penis. He's saying that Michael Cole might prefer to go out and find a penis than a pie to smell. The Rock is a fucking 10-year-old child here who has fucking watched a Chris Rock routine or something. Mm -hmm. It is so cringy. It's, at best, it's fucking childish idiocy. At worst, it's veiled gay bashing. Yeah, I hate it's it. hateful. Like, and what the smell and him going, yeah, yeah. Like, then, yeah. What about you, Michael Cole? You gay? Yeah. But in fairness, brings it back around to a more progressive tone. Like he says to Michael Cole, "Do you prefer the pie or the strudel?" Cole goes, "Well, actually, it doesn't matter what you prefer." All right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, That's a good attitude. The bisexual community could co-opt the phrase, it doesn't matter which way you swing. Another hideous interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go away from there's a sign that says, the rock crushes the stone. You've not watched wrestling, have you, mate? Have you? <laughs> Coming up next, legitimately was happiest to see this match. I was like, hey! Honestly, yeah. Little, little pick me up. It's Stacey Keebler and Mighty Molly Versus Lena and Tori Wilson with Trish Stratus as the guest ref. Just when you hear that, it's like, whoa. I was genuinely like, can Lena and Molly Holly overcome having the two non-wrestlers and Trish Stratus, who's been put in a referee role, kind of inexplicably? Officiating the match. And this is what they think a female ref would look like, is it? Yeah, she's got like three stripes. And they're, ver- they're going diagonal, like... They went on to ASOS and found the first black and white thing they could find, like... That'll do, damn it. Mighty Molly? More like Mighty Mortified. Oh. It's been pointed out to me by people seeing this that that is the look of a woman who's been very brave and, like, embarrassed and mortified in a very different way yep. than you would have expected a woman at this time in wrestling. But she's still doing her best. Kudos to WWE for finding ways to not sexualize Molly and still make her feel uncomfortable. That's amazing. Sorry. Everyone's got to feel it one way or the other. Oh. How about dressing up as my mom next time? <laughs> JR, with his uh, line of the night here, mm. he's uh, talking to Paul about the fact that Trish is refereeing the match, and he says, Bet you'd like to referee this match, wouldn't you, Paul? How many shekels would you pay to referee this match? Shekels! Which is a old Hebrew currency. 
Oh, I see. And obviously Paul's Jewish, so I bet he'd like to spend some of his Jew coins on getting into this match, wouldn't wow. he, Jim? Lads, it's not the time or place to be having your fucking witty Jewish-based banter. Oh, the, the Paul the... Paul the Jewish man paying his money to referee the match. Like, Paul is very self-deprecating. I understand that. He He has a right. He has a right to. And I think Heyman, much like I've heard, like, Teddy Long talk about, you know, being a minority in wrestling and say, like, if you don't go along with the fucking... And you don't be one of the boys and kind of own it, you're going to be fucking miserable. And I'm not saying I don't know where Paul stands on if he's offended or not. That's totally his business. But I could totally see one of the reasons why Paul managed to stay along for as, as long as he did in wrestling is kind of owning it a little bit. Yep. And kind of having the... And kind of I feel like this might have been something that they might have joked about in a car ride one time back mm. in the 90s. It's like, is it appropriate to be having an L Jew joke there mm. at Paul's expense on, you know... We got plenty. There's a, a fine Jewish community in Manchester. Big Jewish community. Very yeah. big. Like Glad they're not hearing your commentary seriously, there, Seriously, lads. Stacey Keebler with my best of offense, the no big deal cartwheels. Somewhere Creed is like, God fucking <laughs> Tori Wilson with my least favorite offense, the very big deal whiffs. Oh. I don't think she actually makes contact with anyone in this match. Nope. Stacy is like got some sort of like it's like beyond two souls. There's like a ghost Stacy that Tori's got it in. She hates that ghost. And she's like, Come here, you ghost, right in front or beside of Stacy Keebler, my most hated rival. Molly and Stacy hit a cool double team submission on Tori Wilson. Yeah. Used to see that in the ECW all the time. People would do that of submission move. Molly is the highlight of this match. She yes. does a mean snap suplex at one point. Like I hate about Molly, like you can tell she hates this gimmick so much because she refuses to like play like the character is not the wrestler. She's not posing or doing Nothing. any of the hurricane shit. There's no superhero often. She comes out, she puts her hands on the hips, she'll do the pose, and that's it. Now she's Molly, a proper wrestler. Fuck this gimmick. Yep. And it does work greatly against it. Because I think if you own it. You can, like, there's money to be made there. This is sadly one of those few instances where I do think it was her own fault. Like, if she'd have really just, like... Ran with it. Really ran with it and, like, embraced it, then maybe there'll be a nice gimmick waiting for you next time. Like, Mm -hmm. but doesn't come along, really. Yeah, if, like, Natty owned the fart gimmick and then you get to be a crazy cat lady, you know? See? Stick it out, folks. Things are much better these days. Crowd's pretty dead. And the answer is no, not really when it comes to can the two wrestlers help the non-wrestlers. Nah. Because honestly, Stacey and Tori are in this match pretty much for the whole time. Leah's barely in here. Weird. And Trish, a total non-factor as well. Mm-hmm. Twist of fate to Molly Holly. Lee Tori win. And afterwards, Stacey complains. And Trish does a very vicious bulldog that basically smears Stacey across the mat. Grand, whatever. It was what it was. Speaking of it was what it was, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin wasing what it was his way with The Rock for the WWF Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin will do anything to become the WWF Champion. Austin beat the living hell out of The Rock. What the hell is this? It's a new champion. My name is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I am the World Wrestling Federation champ. And I can't be stopped. What a no-good, heinous human being! Psychotic! What a cold, sadistic human being! He's dark, he's demented! So I've jumped to a team that appreciates, that respects, that loves Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've jumped to a team that's gonna find me 
the best competition in the world. Stone Cold Steve Austin will back down from nobody. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Future Rock is with these people and the World Wrestling Federation. Your future is with the Alliance. Awake! The Rock is right by the Vince McMahon! I can't believe this. No! Rock bottom! Rock bottom! Oh, Shane McMahon! Okay, but which side does the Rock pick? Finally, the Rock has come back! to the WWF. Yes! Yes! The Rock has come home! The Rock was born in the WWF, and The Rock will never leave the WWF. Now The Rock will admit there is one more reason why The Rock came back to the WWF. Payback. The Rock has waited four long months. He doesn't want to wait four more seconds. So Austin, your bald-headed, double-studded candy ass belongs to The Rock. How personal can this get? And you gotta believe that this one is gonna be as physically intense as perhaps anything that we will ever see. A recap of WrestleMania 17, carefully leaving out all the twists along the way. So it's kind of like, we've had a WrestleMania rock, and now we're gonna do it again at this pay-per-view. And nothing in between. Nothing in between. You didn't go make the Scorpion King. I didn't do all this weird shit. <laughs> Austin attacks The Rock as he's posing. I like that a lot. Mm, very, very cool. Good. DR says that Austin might, might have a slight weakness on his neck and then immediately corrects himself afterwards. We do not talk about the neck. We do not acknowledge that. Outside brawl, which as a kid, I used to be like, wow, they're in the crowd. But... It's very much the calling card of someone who can't take bumps and has to do a 20-minute match. Yes. It's a necessity to have a crowd brawl in there. Like, it's not to get the crowd excited. It's because we need the time. Like Austin's big run during the Attitude Era and Sting's main title run in TNA are two of the most main event feature, good chunk of it, crowd brawling. Like mm. That's, that's part and parcel of it. And I don't know. I like when I see crowd brawling SummerSlam 01, they beat the shit out of each other. It's a believable brawl. Here it was a little less intense, but The Rock and Austin have this magical chemistry that I think that I didn't like I didn't know. I was aware that Austin couldn't go like he maybe would have wanted to. Yeah. But I do think they masked that very well in the sense that I wouldn't have noticed or cared as a kid, and most people watching wouldn't have noticed or cared. Yeah. Brawl up the ramp. Austin is in control. There's air horns galore. And this is when the air horns finally distracted me. Were they saving them for this match, Adam? Is it because they recognized them? They were really ramped up here. Like, we were getting, like, five times as much as the rest of the night in this one match. Which is so weird, considering this is your main event with the two most over guys here. Mm, like, don't weird. get it. Austin suplexes The Rock onto the table. And we get a couple of hope spots for The Rock. It's like Austin's in control for all this yeah. one, you know. And then, you know, Austin keeps shutting down The Rock. He does a Luthez. And then what can easily be described as the silliest elbow drop Austin has ever done. Because, you know, he runs against the ropes. He goes, hey, da, 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 yeah, da. hands in the air. Giving beers to everyone in heaven. Whoop, yeah. And now I'm going back. Whoop, and yeah. if you let me go flip, reverse it. What? And then he does it again. A triple. He's like a weeble wobbling back and forth. Like... Anytime I could buy more time to extend the match. 
sometimes I'd do that for hours, man. I'd just go back and forth and back and forth till I started to feel real sick, man. Any parts of the match without dialogue were considered for slow motion, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Austin locks in a nice long headlock, and The Rock reverses, gets a sleeper of his own. Not just a headlock, Kevin. Oh. Austin hits a glage sleeper. Dang it! Doesn't make a noise, but it is like, you know, it's, it's the furthest thing from an homage, like, but he hits it. But then when The Rock hits his own glage sleeper, and it is a glage sleeper yeah. because it's bounced off the ropes oh, into yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, A little tribute. I thought it'd be like kind of, you know, the, the soft. The moan of the night. The moan, like, you know. Fuck these horns. It really took me out of it at this point. So noisy. Why is it? Is it that they're so into these two? Or is it that they're bored? Maybe that's how they show appreciation. Maybe that's meant to be a sort of applause with like, the horns. It's a two-hour show, and it did zip by, and they've been given everything as advertised. I don't know. Not a drag at all, this show. Rock finally mounts a sustained comeback, and Hebner gets bopped. we got a sharpshooter by The Rock, which is hideous, and a sharpshooter by Austin, which is somehow worse. Yeah. Wow. Do they both hate Bret Hart? <laughs> like literally no joke at this moment in time Bret Hart is lying in a hospital bed for fuck's sake lads oh. stop besmirching his legacy and he is the kind of wrestler that's going to be so triggered by seeing his signature move done that badly absolutely like, you know maybe I'll give him one of these next time I see him Adam or maybe about one of these or maybe I'll talk about him on my podcast and stop doing it Oh. He was told to stop doing it. He was told to stop yeah. doing it. By who? By WWE, because he was burying loads of stuff. Flair and him both had podcasts, and they were both asked nicely. Well, not told to stop, but heavily implied if you keep burying everyone, Natty and Charlotte mightn't have such a hot time. Oh, no! As reported, Come yeah. on! Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, we might take away your Legends contract, you know, maybe you won't be a spokesperson for the brand anymore. To fucking take it out on their family yeah, like that. Yeah, until they literally hold them in that, like, special magic bubble, and they're like, Brad, help! <laughs> I gotta save my niece. You know, that's, that's kind of what happened there. <laughs> I hope they don't capture any of our family members and make us stop. That'd be terrible. Rubbish. We have to go to the labyrinth to get them back. <laughs> I guess it'd make a labyrinth reference. I even realizing that's, that's what I, when you said like a magic bubble. I thought of like Vince holding the glass. Yeah, all, all, yeah. Like, dance magic, dance. Come on, <laughs> loosen up, goddammit. Dancing with a load of goblins, which is like Michael P.S. Hayes and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> Someone Photoshop a blackjack Lanza goblin. <laughs> And it's uh, Schmoz time. Angle and YTJ both come out and interfere. Fucking bollocks. Angle smacks Rock with a chair. He thinks it's YTJ. It's the rock bottom. There's no referee. The people's elbow gets stopped by Kurt, who whops him with a belt. We get one big stunner. And Austin reclaims him from the fucking, I don't know, the phantom zone where Rock, like, she gets a stunner. And it's like, puts him in a little square, sends him flipping over. Looks like the rock's blasting off again. Ding. Prepare for trouble. <laughs> you could do that with Dwayne Johnson and The and Rock. And The Rock, yes. Like, you know, to protect the world from devastation. To oh. rip out all tongues within our nation. <laughs> Who would Meowth be, though? Rocky Maivia, maybe? Yeah, Flex Cavana. Flex Cavana. Like that. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> Smiling yeah. away. Posing. So, Austin, clean win here, I guess. But clean win? Well, he just pit him with the stunner. Oh, you know? All the bullshit, Kevin. So much BS. The highlight of this match was Kurt Angle giving Stone Cold lots of cuddles. Yeah, that I was love funny. that. I yeah. love that a lot. 
I was disappointed by this. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed by the cage match. Mm-hmm. Try as I might, I was still disappointed by the WCW title match. Adam, I think I was disappointed by Rebellion 2001. Yeah, this was a nap show, Kevin. It was, I think, the second to last one that they did, but... Yeah, there's one more. Next year, they have one with Brock there, and that's it. I would eat up anything that they would have done. Anything. Any old shite. Sorry, it's literally just like part of my brain fired up then. I think there's one more Rebellion, but I think we may have another Insurrection to go as well. I think... Maybe. It's from the it's post-timeline, though, as far as I know. Oh, maybe one day. But when you take this Alliance storyline over, it's kind of like, yeah, your cool uncle's visiting, but they've got their weird new fucking wife. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, you still don't really trust them. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, it was a weird vibe all night, even though, as I said, this Alliance storyline, you know, you've talked, you've got three competitors here, mm-hmm. if that. But the matches were too short to be memorable, and the ones that should have been a bit of clean fun were sloppy. Yeah. Like the tag match with the Divas was sloppy as fuck. Show and DDP was sloppy Oof. as fuck. And the commentators were, you know, well, you know, when Jim Ross is busting out the Jewish material, that he's kind of scraping the barrel a little mm-hmm. bit there. Yeah, not a fun time in Manchester. Not mayhem. I would say it was ennui in Manchester, if anything. Misery in Manchester. Oh, dear. Mm. Hey, Mullingar is wide open, lads. If you want to go do mayhem there, I'm mm. telling you, be good. So, uh, I'm not going to do match of the night or MVP. No? I don't know. What was your match of the night? I, just your thought, MVP? I thought we could do it, but it was just going to be very straightforward. William Regal and Tajiri yeah. match of the night. William Regal, MVP, because he, you know, was effortlessly able to keep his heel heat overseas. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else seemed to go for cheap heat tonight with the shitty cringe promos. I really struggle to think of anyone else that performed as good as Regal. I would probably have to echo your sentiments, and I can't believe, like, they did try to dial back all the kind of fish and chips bums and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yet still, it's managed to be one of the cringiest for UK references. Absolute cringiest. Where the fuck was all of our, like, you know, destroyed... Case the Commons and stuff like that. I want to see all that. I was dying. We get one external shot of the Manchester Evening News Arena, and I was like, Image, I walked there the other day. And I really hoped we'd get, like, remember D'Lo Brown going around London? That package. Some fun Manchester package. Some sort of variety. Are you telling me you don't want to see Billy Gunn in fucking the Northern Quarter? Oh my god. Could you believe Billy Gunn getting lost in the Arndale or something like that? That would be fucking fabulous. How does the Arndale make me feel? It's pathetic. (laughs) It's not. It's a great place. It's a great shopping centre. Great day out. Even as the high street dies, it thrives. What's that all about? Yeah, sure, you can get everything off Amazon, but Class Olsen, that is just fun to browse. I'd rather talk about the Manchester High Street for another hour and a half than ever review this again. Well, two Stone Cold fans of Manchester couldn't find a whole lot of nice things to say about Rebellion 2001. Be that as it may, what were your thoughts? Did you come and see this show? A lot of folks usually chime in when they have been here. What was the Atmos like in the arena? That's short for atmosphere. Send us a message on Twitter or on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at AE Podcast. And while you're at it, Give us an old rating or review wherever you're absorbing your podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. While you're on our Facebook, check out our huge video library we've got going on there. We've got loads of moments from past episodes of the show and current episodes, but we also have lots of previews of our Patreon content. And you can see adverts from our video game video episodes where me and Kevin sit down to play wrestling games. 
If your someone has been hankering to get access to some more content from myself and Adam and Billy, you can do so and support the show. And like Adam mentioned, there's a whole mess of amazing stuff from the SmackDown crawl over 30 episodes in depth as Kevin and Adam wistlessly go through all of SmackDown. And we are having a wild time along the way, folks. Anyone who's joined has stuck around for the ride. There are full-length video episodes amazingly done and beautifully edited by Adam. Some of the best work he's ever done. Those are full-length, exclusive to our backers on Patreon. There are Q&As. There's even the Bibliotech, where Adam does book reports, and we sit down and go in-depth on the likes of Bob Holly and The Rock's books. We release Kane's Journey into Darkness for everyone to check it out. If you like the sound of the SmackDown crawl, the video episodes, or the book reports, consider becoming a $5 backer. Just one month gets you immediate access, and I guarantee you the best value for money on any wrestling patron you will find on the World Wide Web. It, it is actually an insane amount of content we've got on there. When you consider that you can spend $5, which is like three quid, to get one month's access, you're getting like easily over 40 hours worth of Smackdown crawl alone. Yep. Bibliotechs are pretty like we fucking go on and on on those. Yeah, they're lengthy, in depth like, guys. They're absolutely in depth. There's a lot of shit on there at the minute like. And we put a plot there's a lot of love goes into those and anyone if you want to find out just ask any of our backers on Patreon and they will be more than happy to tell you the experience of being our backer at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. And if you like stuff and things Matthew's Botchamania stuff Things, Billy Keeble. Oh, I like that one a yeah, lot. It's tribute. I added one in the in the back chamber in case we did. Like it's not KFC. There ain't no wings. It's Botchamania. Stuff, Stuff and things. things. Oh, I am so fucking hungry. Billy Keeble, watch your back. Kevin's gunning for your job, mate. <laughs> Until next time, when we're going to be rolling on down towards the end of season three and Survivor Series 2001. It's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll catch you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast.